This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number if you dial in 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight it is Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Starting things out here tonight with a special guest interviewee who is actually sitting here in our studio, as we have had him uh, at least once before. His name is Andrew Carroll. Andrew, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Always good having you here, especially uh, because, well, you're an outstanding activist uh, who deserves to have some attention brought to what it is you've been up to for the past six months. Uh, Of course, if our listeners have been tuned in since January, they know that back in early January, in the middle of winter, you went outside here in New Hampshire and held out in your hand a piece of marijuana. Uh, Publicly, you had announced this in advance. You'd sent out a press release about it. The police got wind of it. They showed up, albeit 20 minutes late, (laughs) Uh, but they did show up and they did arrest you. And, of course, we talked about that when it happened. Uh, Then the trial came out, and the trial was in a very uh, unusual situation, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, the judge was uh, in a jovial mood with you. He He was very, yeah, actually quite quite approachable. It was was amazing. But at the same time, he... You know, had no problem sending you to jail for nine yeah. days because uh, of... He had a problem with it. He didn't want to send you oh, to jail. Oh, that's yeah. right. He wanted to, him to he pay was 400, forced. He yeah, wanted uh, him to pay $420. According to the letter he wrote me, or rather the decision that he wrote, which I read, um, I forced him to throw me in jail. Yeah. Uh, since I did not pay their <laughs> fine or take community service, I, I put a... Apparently, I put a gun to his head. I said, throw me in jail, Burke. Right. I want to go to jail. Yeah. I, I don't know where he gets that from. but It's uh, it's absurd, and it's just that's how the people in the system justify the, being violent. Yeah, the way I take it is that uh, deep down inside, Burke knows that what he's doing is, is, is wrong, mm-hmm. and in order to... But he can't you know, stop. He's in order scared. to deny his self responsibility, right. he wants to act like I'm forcing him, which is absurd. Well, so. people, this is this is how people view the government. Um, they they like, look, we're just we've got some rules here, and you've got to follow the rules, and you know that's that's the way it is. Um, and, and they don't they don't understand that government government's only option is force. It's the only way you're going to control behavior, yep. and they don't like being shown that that in fact is the beha- the behavior. Burke was shown, you know, and undoubtedly here's a guy who doesn't smoke marijuana, holding marijuana. And you put him in jail for nine days. You can try to shirk the responsibility to, uh, to that as much as you want, but uh, on, it, it comes down to the judge. Now, the judge can say certainly that the legislators forced me to do it, and the people elected <laughs> yeah, the legislators. Yeah. This is what people want, whatever. But and society forced me to hold a plan. Yeah, <laughs> right. If, I mean, if you were, uh, if this were back in the 1940s, he might have been able to say something like, "Well, look, you." You know, you Jews have forced me to order you into the ovens. I mean, if you don't snitch on your neighbors, then this is just what I have to do. It's yeah, my job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so to be hyperbolic about it, that, that's certainly a, a relevant point to bring up. He, I mean, it's a case of mauvais foi if I've ever seen it. Uh, case Berg, of what? Mauvais foi. It's, that's it's above a, me, man. What's it's, that mean? It's a, it's a, it's a, Sartre, a term by Jean-Paul Sartre. It means, uh, it's a French term, means bad faith. Okay. It's essentially when one denies one's own self-responsibility and acts like an object. Hmm. So Burke essentially has... Even though he's a member of the judicial branch, he he essentially acts as an ex exec tool. Excuse me, as an executive of the laws of the con- of the laws of the state. Excuse a, me, a mindless tool. Pretty that, much a uh, tool. I mean, he acts as a means for the ends of the state, and he he denies that he has any free choice no to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the old. Uh, and I know Dale is going to join us here in a little bit, but we only have three microphones in the studio. But <laughs> you know, as as Dale uh, Dale would point out, it's the it's not my fault 
situation everywhere you look with the with the government people. Yep. With the judge, it's hey, I'm just doing my job. This is what I have to do. I don't like to do it, but I got to put food on the table. With the uh, the the police, it's the same excuse, just doing just following orders. That's what I was was hired to do. Uh, and then you know, b- blame the legislature. So you go to the legislature and you yeah, say, well, why yeah. are you hurting people? Why are you ordering these uh, men to do this? Well, it's what the voters want. It's what <laughs> I was elected for. Yep. And then of course you, you don't ever really even know who the voters are because uh, voting is an anonymous act. There's no way yeah. to really even identify. You can you can go and you can look and see well so and so came here and voted, yeah. but you don't know how they voted. Uh, and, and so and, and, the and voters have no and, responsibility. And there's so many either. that the power is dissolved, and so that in itself allows voters to rationalize away their own um, participation in what really is an immoral act. So nobody's is, uh, at fault, but everybody's yeah, at fault. The, right? Yeah, exactly. That's democracy for you. Right. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the little Republican lady down the street, she isn't throwing anybody in jail. She's not slapping cuffs on anybody. Sure. Yep. But she doesn't mind voting for the people that are going to uh, do just that. Yep. Well, and... And they don't want to see the little Republican lady down the street, who could be your grandmother. Uh, they don't want to see <laughs> peaceful people thrown into a, a jail cell because that makes them very uncomfortable. They have to tell themselves stories like, well, he broke the law, and so therefore it's okay. Because right. when you break the law, you're a criminal, it's and a nation criminals of are laws. bad. It's a nation of laws. Yeah. As if it really is a nation of laws. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> All you have to do is watch Just look at Sam's case. Watch the police department <laughs> yeah. in action. Um, you know, get, get get an opportunity and, and, and follow a cop car around and see if he stops for stop signs. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, see how many tickets he gives out to other people who stop for stop signs. It's not a nation yeah, of laws. It's unfortunate because first and foremost, it's a nation of people. And yep. if, if laws are destructive to people, then they, as far as I'm concerned, shouldn't be laws. And, and what we face with, with marijuana prohibition is, is a law such as that. Absolutely, and that's, of course, what you were standing up for, and you did it so bravely and so well. In fact, I don't know if you heard about the young man out in Washington who smoked a joint during his high school speech. I did, I did not hear that, oh, but man. that I would love to see video of that. Yeah, this is uh, it's breaking news, so I think it probably hit the news before you got out. Okay. But take a look around. I think his name is uh, Ian somebody, and I actually threw out uh, Ian Barry is his name. And I sent a message today to the newspaper reporter out there that covered the story to see if I could get him on the show because I thought, wow, this guy is really in league with you. Uh, what he did was, and the footage that has come out so far is pretty awful. You can't hear much of anything, uh, but you can generally see what happened. Uh, when I had read the story originally, he was giving a speech, a high school speech. He's 17 years old. And at the very end of this speech about legalization of marijuana, he pulls out a joint and <laughs> lights it up in front of uh, in front of what I thought was a classroom. Because when you hear school speech, you think it's happening in a classroom. But if you actually look at the video footage, it's happening in an auditorium. Oh, so God. he had a huge audience that in is front brilliant. of him for this. And I want to meet that guy and shake his hand. Yeah. That is that is brilliant. Well, that's one of the reasons I want to have him on the show is to thank him for doing what he did uh, because uh, people that step up like you, Andrew, and like this Ian guy and other people that have that have stepped up and stood up for freedom d- despite whatever the consequences might be, they, they should be recognized and they should be appreciated for what they've well, done. Yeah. So other people will hopefully follow in their footsteps. And I think that if the guy gets liberty, and I don't know, I haven't talked to him yet. I think we should extend a, a personal invitation to him to, to come on out here. Oh, we should. Uh, come out here and team up with some other people Definitely. that yeah. are like you. So I uh, just wanted to share that with you because I thought it was great. He I got will, a huge response from the audience, too. I mean, they loved it. And uh, he asked at one point during his speech, because I found the text of it online, how many of you have smoked marijuana? And, of course, nobody raises their hands, and then he makes fun of the audience because they're lying, because they're obviously yeah. lying. I mean, high school kids not smoking marijuana, please. 
so 1-800-259-9231 is the number. Perhaps you've got a question for Andrew Carroll. He is with us. Let's go to the phones. Dave is in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live with Andrew. Dave. Dave in Nevada. Going once. Dave in Nevada. Going twice. Okay, I guess we don't have Dave in Nevada. Hey, you there? Hello. This is Dave. Hey, sorry. Um, You're on the air. Go ahead. You're on with hey, Andrew. Um, Andrew, good to see you out. Um, Thank you. And uh, I was I was just listening to last night's podcast today on my uh, on my iPod, and uh, that was um, when Lauren Canario called, and yeah. you could hear all those people in the background. Um, that was I, I've been listening to you guys for just over a year. And that was like when I heard everybody yelling freedom, like William Wallace style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was like one of the coolest things I've heard on your show. I, mean, I have was... to say it was one of my favorite moments. Uh, it was one of those moments where if you had ever been an on-the-fence person about the Free State Project or a doubter, who one of those people saying, well, I don't know if this is for real. I don't know if this is really it's happening. It's real, yeah. <laughs> if you heard that call last night with 40 people in the background all yelling freedom, uh, as Andrew was walking out of uh, jail, it was one of the most amazing moments, I think, in the history of the show. And it really shows that this is happening. I mean, this is a movement that will not be stopped, and it's just going to keep getting better. I had to go a considerable distance away from you just to hear what you yeah. were saying. And I, and I still couldn't drown them out because they were so loud because there's so many of us, and we're not going away anytime soon. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you had more. Hang on. If you do, 800-259-9231. We're going to come back uh, with more of Andrew and your calls if you've got them. And hopefully we'll have some time to get into some jail stories here uh, as well, because you were in there for nine days. Inevitably, something interesting happened. You can bring up anything here as well. It is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. More with Andrew Carroll in moments. Allakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Allakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alekees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, and you can enjoy things like the archives. Going back for an entire year, all free for you right there on the front page of the website. Just go to freetalklive.com and enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Porcupine Freedom Festival, happening later this month. Here in beautiful New Hampshire, specifically the Lancaster area, it's going to be at Rogers Campground, which I'm excited about because I've never been before uh, to the Pork Fest at Rogers. So it was at Rogers the year before we moved here, and then the next year they moved it to a different campground, and so now it's back. It's going to be hundreds of liberty-minded people, people like Andrew Carroll, all together at the same campground, enjoying one another's company, socializing planning, plotting, doing all kinds of things, getting to know one another. It's a good time, and it's it's one of my favorite things of the year. I, I really look forward to this. I, I don't know which I like more, the Liberty Forum or the Porcupine Freedom Festival. These are the two free state project events that they put on, Liberty Forum being more of a convention-y style atmosphere, the, the Porcupine Freedom Festival just being a fun campground They're style thing. They're both great. 
and they are both a blast. So come on out here. It's not too late to get registered. Still got a couple weeks left here. Uh, go to porkfest.com to get all the details, learn about what's happening. And the things that you'll see listed on the Porkfest website, only a fraction of what's actually going on. There are always There's actually more going on there, but you have to be there to find out what the other happenings are. So porkfest.com, P-O-R-C, porkfest. Dot com. Uh, Andrew, are you going to be attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival? I certainly plan on it, yeah. Excellent. Uh, so you're going to be there. I know that a lot of the voices that you hear on this radio show, many of the, the hosts, of course, Mark and I will be broadcasting live every single night. We'll have our third microphone, and uh, great people, activists like Andrew, will certainly be uh, joining us to talk about some of the things they're doing. And if you're there, you can sit in and join the show for a little bit. Just like It's like you're calling, except you're sitting on the third mic. So we have a lot of fun. We're at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and we look forward to seeing you at that time. So Andrew is with us here tonight, uh, taking your phone calls. He just got out of jail yesterday, yesterday evening at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. He was removed from the Cheshire County Jail after having spent about nine days behind bars for his civil disobedience, his act of civil disobedience, in that he decided to possess marijuana openly in public, was arrested for it, and then again thrown in jail for nine days. So let's go to your calls, uh, and then we'll maybe get to a jail story or two. Let's talk to Greg, or excuse me, not Greg, Dave is still on the line. Dave in Nevada. Apologize, Dave. Go ahead. You're on. uh, You're back on. That's cool. I forgive you, Ian. It's okay. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, um, uh, one thing um, that I had thought about both when Sam was in jail and, and both Andrew is, you know, a lot of you see on the news a lot of people are you know you know we thank our soldiers for fighting for our freedom and mm. for killing brown people yada yada, and yeah. and you know, no, um, I say thank you to Sam and Andrew Andrew for fighting for my freedom. Yeah, Sam and Andrew doing. have done more than uh, the average soldier a soldier sure has. Yeah, Ab- absolutely. You know, I mean, it's it's that kind of willingness to put it on the line, something that I'm not willing to do, number one, because I'm here in Las Vegas and no one's going to support me. But number two, um, you know, I'm a family man and I Wait, can't no one's going to support you in all, Vegas? I all the th- more reason to get out to New Hampshire Wait, as I soon he- as possible. I heard that Nevada was a bastion of libertarianism. I heard um, that's going to be the next free state. You mean that's not true? I, I don't know. I've only been here six months and oh, I came okay. from California, so um, <laughs> I haven't... Um, Six months and you haven't managed to it, find it, the vibe yeah. of liberty there. If you huh? haven't noticed the difference between California and Nevada, then I would suggest you get out of Nevada immediately and right. come to New Hampshire because yeah. you well, will well, notice the difference. Yeah. It, 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 there is a big difference between here and uh, the Socialist Republic of, of California, but <laughs> yeah. um, absolutely. But, um, you know, I, I'm so busy. I've, I work a lot and I have four kids and it's hard for me to get out and do things and, and that sort of thing. But, you know... Um, even then, even it, with the network, it, it would be hard for me to say, yes, I'm willing to go to jail for nine days because I, I can't do that because i got to put food on the table. Oh, yeah. I, that's, I, I think so, that's entirely legitimate. That is, yeah. Yeah, that's, so it's, it's you know, the same reason why I wouldn't want to go into the military, even if I was yay military, because I don't want to die because i got kids. So it's guys like Sam and Andrew and you, Ian, um, and, you know, and, and you too, Mark, even though you're not going to go to jail. Um, I'm not going to jail. Willing, <laughs> that are willing to put your ass on the line for the rest of us. You know, like, I, I am willing to say, okay, I'm going to contribute to the CD Evolution Fund. Um, you know, I'm going to send letters from mail-to-jail.com um, when I can. You know, I'm going to buy at amazon.freetalklive.com. You know, and I've signed up for the Free State Project already. Great. Wonderful. And, and, um, it sounds like so, you're doing everything you can from yeah, where you and, are, and, and I, I appreciate that. And I think that the support people are very important. Think about it for a second. Uh, you know, uh, when... I, every day, all day, work to sell ads on Free Talk Live. 
if I didn't work to sell ads on Free Talk Live, Ian couldn't do this full-time. I couldn't do this full-time. I might be able to. You might be able to for a while. Until what? I don't know. You but couldn't I might do be it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, could you do affiliate relations all day long without working indefinitely? All day long without working? You wouldn't. For money. Uh, Never mind. I don't want to talk to you about yeah, it. Yeah, probably. The, the, fact <laughs> is, the fact is, I work all day to bring money in so that this show can make it, so that, uh, you know, we it, it's supported, so the liberty activists here have a voice. Um, and, and that in and of yeah. itself, although may not be the most exciting thing, certainly doesn't, doesn't have the zip of going to jail for a couch on your lawn. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's, it's activism, and it's all day. Yeah, there's no doubt that the support network is critical, and the more people we can have move here, even if they're just in supporting roles, it's going to make a difference. And I thank you for the call, Dave. Good hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. So, Andrew, you went into jail uh, on the 2nd, I believe it was? The 2nd of June, yes. 2nd of June, and they made you wait an hour before they actually let you in. Yeah. Then they let you in. You decided that you were going to try to do some non-cooperation, but they put you in a, a, a cell that was basically just concrete, right? And yeah, it was pretty uncomfortable. Um, I was even going into jail, even like the moment I was going to jail, I, I wasn't quite sure yet what my plan was in regards to whether I wanted to be in the general population or not. Part of me thought uh, solitary might be a good idea, complete and utter non-cooperation, excuse me, might be a good idea. And the other half of me was saying, no, I'd like to, I'd like to get in there and talk to people. Mm-hmm. And that side of me ended up winning. I ended up saying, no, I'll cooperate because I really want to meet the prisoners. I want to meet the people there. I want to get a, as much experience as I can of what jail is like in New Hampshire. The guards are going to be more likely to listen to you as well if they don't have to carry you around it's from true. place to place. Yeah, I got into one arg- one rather heated, uh, not heated, but it was one discussion with, with one with one CEO there, and then that was about it. So so you you went in. Uh, they obviously put you into the holding cells, which is the way it works. Is you, You're yep. downstairs first, and then you go into a holding cell, and then you have to get what they call classified, where they determine, well, are you violent or are you nonviolent? And they kind of look at who you are and what yeah. you allegedly did, and then they put you in a certain area of the jail based on that. So how quickly did they classify? Was it the next day? Yeah, uh, you're supposed to be down in the bubble, is what, which is what they call it, the bubble, mm-hmm. for at least 24 hours. So I was down there for about 30 or so. Then they, Did you have any cellmates when you were in the bubble? I had one for a little while, yes. And he was a, he was a nice guy, and we talked. At what was length. he in for? Uh, I, ooh, I, uh, he was on something about he broke his, uh, his, his bail conditions. Mm, cause he, got, okay. he broke his bail conditions because he got caught drinking. So, There's a lot is, of that. You'll find a lot of that in jail, a lot of uh, violation of probation. Which is unfortunate because... Uh, I mean, I don't know what the what the actual crime he was in for originally, allegedly, but he got he was in when I was in with him for breaking bail conditions because he was he got caught drinking. Yep, he's, he's like he's well over twenty one, so but he got caught drinking. Yeah. That's what the system does. It, they make it easy for you to VOP or violate your bail or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you're right back in. Uh, so even if you've done your time as far as behind bars for whatever it is you did, you get that extended and extended and extended if you keep falling into the traps they set for you with the, the bail conditions and all that. Because these guys are, uh, some of them are not living happy lives. And they <laughs> they're, they're not in there for being away. good in the first place. All right. Uh, more on the way here. Uh, Andrew, you can hang out for a little bit, right? Yeah, I can right, hang out as long as you need me. This is Free Talk Live. John and Lobo are back with more rapid-fire action. It began as a favor to a woman trying to get away from an abusive husband, but it proves that no good deed goes unpunished, and the consequences may be fatal to their partnership. The sequel to One Jump Ahead and Slanted Jack, Overthrowing Heaven, by Mark L. Van Name, available from Bain Books. Remember, if you don't like your world, 
visit one of ours at Bain.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Dale. Dale sitting in for Mark. We're sort of trading hosts around here as we only have three microphones and have a special guest uh, in the studio tonight. Toll-free number if you want to talk to him. He is Andrew Carroll, and he is a marijuana civil disobedience superstar. Uh, The number is 800-259-9231. I say superstar because you're the first of hopefully many. I don't know when the next is going to be, but uh, you're the first person here in New Hampshire that I know of at least who's done any kind of marijuana civil disobedience. You held marijuana in your hand back in January. You announced it in advance. They arrested you. They threw you in jail for nine days as a result. And now you're out, fresh out. In fact, you, you've not yep. even been out for 24 hours at this point. Nope. And so I'm glad you had uh, you took the time to come here. Uh, and I know that uh, your girlfriend is waiting patiently for you. <laughs> uh, and so we'll, we'll try to get you out the door as quickly as possible. But just want to talk a little bit more about your experience. Uh, having this being your first time behind uh, bars, yeah. which actually there aren't really bar, bars at the... the well, I guess there are bars in, uh, in E-Block, but a lot of it's just... Uh, glass that yeah, you cannot break like glass, yeah. and a lot of metal uh, that it's attached to. But anyway, it's uh, the Cheshire County Jail is where you sp- uh, spent nine days, and apparently, even though the guy that's in charge of the jail is a law enforcement against prohibition yeah. member, you explained to us last night that he couldn't let you out early because he can't let people out early if they've only been sentenced to ten days or less. That is uh, my understanding. That is what I heard from the other prisoners. Uh, I see. And from actually one of the COs as well. So I, I take it to be true from that. So um, so highlights. Uh, what are some of the, some of the memories that you have? Uh, what, looking back on the last nine, ten days of what you spent in jail, what are some of the things you, you'd want to share with people that maybe have never been in a jail before or just things that really stand out to you that you think are worthy of, of mention? Um, jail in New Hampshire, um, as far as jails go, isn't as bad as jail in some, some you know, rougher parts of the country. Now, you only know this from talking to the other prisoners, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of them have been in, in prisons in Miami and prisons in other parts of the country, and they'll tell you, like, they're like, one 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 prisoner said uh, the phrase was, uh, this is a kindergarten, you know, really? according to him, according uh, compared to other uh, prisons in the country. Uh, my experience was, was mainly just a boredom, and mm-hmm. that was it. I got along with the other prisoners. They liked me. I um, I was very congenial. They were very nice as well. They're all just looking to get out of there as soon as they can. They sure. don't want to cause any problems. Um, and... I met a lot of nice people. I met a lot of people who were in there for charges that, to be honest with you, shouldn't be charges, laws that shouldn't be laws, rather. Um, a lot of them were in there for laws that, you know, probably should be laws that, that that you and I would agree that that is immoral and maybe they do belong in not a place like prison because prison doesn't really rehabilitate anyone. Nor does it provide restitution no, to the victims. No, it doesn't do that either, which is something we should be focusing on, as as Dale has, has uh, remarked upon in the past. Um, but certainly they believe that they perhaps some of them do believe that they belong there at least for a limited amount of time to to re, to gather their senses and and think about their life. But a lot of them are in there for for, for stupid charges and they mm-hmm. don't deserve to be in there. And they're in there for ten months, a few a year, mm-hmm. a year and a half. They, I think it's responsible for a lot of the recidivism. I think it's um, actually making people more likely to come out and commit crimes again afterward. There's especially if their life has been devastated. If you've been plucked out of your family, as many of them have, yeah. many of them have wives and, and kids. 
uh, at home, and they've been plucked out of that uh, situation, having been perhaps the breadwinner in the house. Now uh, the the the, uh, the other people in the family are having a much more difficult time. So when they come back, if their family's still fortunate enough to be in the same house that they were in, I mean, for instance, my tenants were uh, raided by the police here in in Keene, and one of my tenants might be going to jail on uh, marijuana growing ch- uh, charges. Wow! So yeah. they at this time are already having a tough time paying the rent. Yep. I don't a- know if I'm going to be able to keep them in that that house if one of them is gone. A few of them, a few of the prisoners, quite quite uh, several, uh, were saying that the the only reason they even committed their crime for instance like something like theft or something like uh, you know th- uh, let's just say theft um that the only reason they did it was because they were homeless or because they really needed the money now mm-hmm. not that that's justification but in no. their mind it is like i had nowhere else to turn in in, in their mind they, i had that's nowhere else to thought, go yeah. i i i was just stealing a little bit from someone who was rich anyways from, so, i was stealing from a corporation who was rich anyways you know so they, make it harder on them they by... justify yeah and we, we throw them in jail we take away their job that they might have had we take away everything from them and then we put them back out and then they've got a record, and it's even harder to get a job. And how do we expect them to better their own lives? There's a whole bunch of factors coming together that are making things, making all these things, you know, we're, miserable because they are they're paying we're paying ridiculous taxes. Taxes, our economy is damaged by statism. Yep. Uh, that guy said he'd love to do protesting or go, you know, go to jail for, for his principles, but he's struggling to support his family and pay bills. Yep. And, and all of that, it, it all, it's all um, and, exacerbated. And people say that that that, and I, and people say anarchy is chaos. And but to me, what the government does is is the true chaos because the government steps in and they they impose upon the world a, a struggling and and, and class uh, dichotomies that otherwise wouldn't exist. Dichotomies between the political class and the non-political class, between those who are in jail and those who are not. Mm-hmm. And that kind of environment really affects you. The people in that jail, we all wear the same colors. You know, the guards all wear the same uniforms. Sure. It's, it's, a, it's a real dichotomy that is forced upon you day after day for 24 hours. And it gets to a lot of people. And they and they come out of jail, and while they're in jail, and for the rest of their life, they might see themselves as a second-class citizen. And that is not the kind of environment that we want to be breeding for these people. And potential employers are going to be judging them yes. because they've been in jail, even if it is a ridiculous law they were in jail for. I think it immediately changes someone's opinion of you. That you were in jail, they're not gonna. They're really most of them aren't gonna ask. Well, why? Why were you in jail? Or even if they do ask, it's not gonna make any difference. You know, well, it was a completely nonviolent offense that had no victim, which shouldn't even be a law at all. But because you're in jail, you know, that's gonna taint your record. Yep. Even them. when when Sam was being arrested, uh, these women these these uh, these women were walking by, and a few people were arguing with them, and I commented because um, I overheard the argument. I said, no, he, Sam really didn't do anything. They just arrested him for for he did nothing. And they were like, well, he must have done something or else he wouldn't be in handcuffs. Yeah. That is the world we live in. We live in a world where, where no un- unfortunately, if, if, you, if you don't question the government, but you immediately question anyone who is against the government, sure. and we should be questioning both sides. Because certainly we should be looking at all the facts and, and trying to come to logical conclusions or at least conclusions that, that, that fit with, with our own morality. Well, and if we start doing that more often and setting the example of, look, we're not going to let this slide by anymore and say we've had enough and we're willing to start doing something about it, hopefully that'll catch on. People will see us, uh, the liberty activists, standing up and, and, and speaking out uh, in favor of freedom and against aggression against our peaceful neighbors. And that'll change people's hearts and minds. It's going to be one person at a time. Over time, it's going to be a, a process. But eventually, the message of liberty is so powerful and so sensible. Anybody that's paying attention will have to get it. I think you picked such a great choice for an act of civil disobedience, too, because the, the best ones are the ones where the law is so clearly bad in the sense of there's there's really no victim. Yeah, it's a completely nonviolent crime. There's no victim. You picked a really you made a really good choice, and those are the kind of things I think 
the, the more silly the law, the better it is as, as a choice for an act of civil disobedience. Yeah, of course, it just makes it all the more potent. One of the things <laughs> I really liked that you said last night, and I felt uh, like I could relate. I mean, having only been three days in that same yeah. jail, uh, when I got out, the first when people started asking me what it, uh, the questions about my experience. I thought about those other guys, and that's one yep. of the things you said last night was, look, you were in for nine days. A lot of these guys are in for nine months, and many of them haven't harmed anybody else. That's the only thing I've been thinking of for the for the past almost 24 hours now. It's is, tragic. It, no, it is. And the entire time I was in jail, I felt bad that I was getting out in nine days. Yeah. I felt guilty, and that's an awful feeling. But, I mean, here I am, and I had no – I had no um, um, what's the word? I did not support – putting these people in jail, and yet I feel guilty. I feel personally responsible that these men and these women are in there for things they shouldn't have done, and yet the government and people across the country don't feel guilty. Every well, one of us, to ignore them. Every they're, one of us should feel guilty, and every one of us should have a, a conviction I right now to, you. to fix this. But I, those I men are conveniently placed in a uh, location that is very far away from everybody yeah, else, yeah. and as Sam has said, when he used to be of his old mindset, if he ever drove by a jail, he'd just think, well, that's where the bad, bad guys yeah, are. Yeah. So your average American isn't thinking one little bit about the, the the poor men and women that are sitting behind bars all across this country in record numbers. I mean, the, as, if anybody's been paying attention to the news, you've seen the stories that America locks up more of its people yep. than uh, pretty much any other country out there, any other country. So it's absolutely something that uh, people need to be paying attention to. But unless you are a part of this movement or you've been on the inside yourself or you've had a loved one that's really close to you that's actually been in there, you don't know what it's like. And I think that's why it's so useful having uh, our activists go in and experience this from the inside so we can communicate to others exactly what is going on. And as you said, even here in New Hampshire, it's like cakewalk compared to some of the other jails around the country. Yeah. So I thank you for coming on the show tonight, Andrew, and okay. being here with us. And, thank you very uh, and much for having me again. Your situation. And I know what's coming next for you is you're going to run for political office here. In, in Hampshire, 2010, so. I'll be running for state rep in Keene. Great. Well done, sir. Thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you very much for having right. me. More on the Thanks. way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money and reinvest it into the show, get on as many radio stations as we possibly can, uh, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom, and you get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines chat room and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Let's go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Talk to Greg in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Greg. Uh, Hello, Greg. You're on the air. Hi. All right. So I'm calling in from Cuyahoga County, Ohio, which is home to Cleveland. And I'm calling because... Is the river still on fire? What? I'm sorry. Is the river still yeah, well, there? No, but we're still a mistake on the lake. Um, <laughs> in terms of the federal investigations going on, we're probably one of the most corrupt counties in the U.S. And I wouldn't doubt it. Changing. I'm sorry. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, so I am uh, just calling in. I'm thinking maybe Free Talk Live can help me just get the word out to their listeners about what's going on here in the past year or two. So what has gone on? 
All right. Well, um, Andrew will appreciate this one. So the first thing that caught my attention was in late 07, there was a pretty uh, massive drug bust in an Amish community, interestingly enough. I don't know if these were Amish people convicted, but 15 were convicted, 26 more were charged. In early 2008, it came out that the prosecution, the informants, and the police lied. They lied about wow. evidence. They lied in court. They lied on the stand. No. And these people <laughs> whose lives were ruined in jail, they all had to be released, and the cases had to be thrown out. Well, they're lucky, honestly, because I can tell you that uh, it's 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 not terribly uncommon for uh, the prosecution, or for that matter, the the defense, to lie in court. But you know, if the defense lies, the prosecution doesn't go to prison. It seems like it's almost the default behavior. I, the, the trials I've witnessed, it's it blew, it blew my mind. So wait, how yeah, long was it between they were convicted and when they were released? How long do they have to stay in jail and unjustly? I, Unfortunately, I don't know okay. exactly how long it was. Any amount of time is uh, is an outrage, but what else? Yeah, what fact, else did you want to share? Go ahead. All right, so then um, so some time goes by. In spring of 08, there's some articles about how, you know, the uh, commissioner and the auditor's office, uh, most of the employees are like family and friends and unqualified. There's something about a former stripper being paid like $60,000 a year as a secretary or something. That's a step down for strippers. <laughs> yeah, but so anyhow, so July 28, 2008, 200 FBI agents, that's 200, at 9 a.m. raided multiple offices, businesses, and homes in the county simultaneously using three different U-Haul trucks. Wow. Um, four. Yeah. The, uh, basically, the, the what the allegations were were that uh, Demora and Russo, the auditor and commissioner, had traded public contracts to have work done at their homes and businesses for free, and they also they in, I'm sorry. I said Swede. What an awesome deal! I was just commenting on how privileged the uh, the government people are. They get to run all kinds of uh, perks for themselves, and we all get to pay for it. Yeah. So then they look into the. Uh, the records of the homes of the people doing this work and found that despite the massive housing bubble, in 15 years, the tax valuation of their homes had not changed dissent. So the people that oh, were doing the, the way that that was for the people that were doing the home building? Yeah, the people that were doing the home building. It is worth mentioning that I went to high school with Russo's grandson, and Russo lives in a house that's got to be worth at least $1.5 million, which he somehow got for something to the tune of a quarter of a million dollars. So it's still on the rolls for a quarter million? Yeah. Um, nice. But they're st- to this day, they're still in office. Nothing is... Ha- hey, that's just- how it is, man. It's good Incumbents to be in the Incumbents win no matter what. I mean, you know, what it takes to unseat an incumbent is just... A, it's, it's something near an act of God. Even at a local level, huh? Yeah, but... So, but Even so more I'm, so. I'm, But the last um, thing that really worth mentioning probably is that the whole thing that started um, the FBI probe was three years ago... Um, Undercover agents gave bribes to building inspectors to uh, post false code violations on the doors of houses that were for sale to lower the uh, value so uh, so personal friends that were investing in those houses could buy them up. And then in late May, two more building inspectors inspectors, uh, did the same thing. So they're now being charged. And like I said, the problem here is Despite the fact that, you know, the economy is crashing, all that I read in the papers talk people talking about how well the state the state government needs to change this. You know, 
we need to elect different people. And as listeners <laughs> of Free Talk Live know, yeah, as long as we're looking for the government to fix this, as long as we're waiting for the FBI office in Chicago to send their prosecutors down and put these people in jail, nothing will get fixed. There is no libertarian community here in Cleveland, so I thought maybe the show could help me just get the word out. Well, I hope it gets the word out for you. I don't know what you expect to happen as a result of that. I don't. I'm yeah. hoping maybe you know people um, in Cleveland are listening to the show, and I have an email address. It's countycrisis08 at gmail.com. If you're in the area and listening and you want to do something about this, shoot me an email. What do you got in mind? Um, I have no idea at this point, but at the very least, maybe we can just go down the street and hold some signs, because re- I think people have forgotten a lot about this, and maybe we can just remind them of what's going on here. I'm for <laughs> it. Uh, you know, I mean, it's the, the best you can do is try to get together in your local area with uh, like-minded people to, to change things. I, yeah. I think you'd be better off picking up and moving to New Hampshire. I, but you know, well, I, well, no, I go to school in Boston, and I did that, so I'd be closer to Keene. So. Nice. That's very cool. You know, uh, this reminds me, uh, someone brought up on some message boards and on Keene message boards saying, hey, I want to do some stuff in my local community. What do you guys suggest? And I, yep. I want to encourage him and absolutely do some media, do some, you know, maybe you can do some real reports in your area and everything, but you don't have the support network we have here and everything. And, and you, can, you can try and do the same thing there and get people organized to do it, but understand that the people who are here in New Hampshire and, specific, and especially in Keene, they are people who are so passionate about liberty that they uprooted and, and got a fresh start here. That's how much they love liberty. So understand that, that that's the kind of passion we have here is people yeah. who are willing to uproot. So I, I really have my doubts that people are going to be able to copy what we're doing here. I say best of you luck. I, mean, uh, do, Fiji, I hope so. I, think I, I, I hope out, I'm wrong. I think Fiji outreaches are it's probably easy. Uh, they're, they're easy. They, uh, they have good literature. You can hand it to people. They get an opportunity to look at things. So I, I think that uh, that's probably the best, the most efficient way to go from, from an individual standpoint. But uh, the caller has uh, specifics that he's yeah. working on. And, Greg, oh. good luck out there. Uh, thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. He actually bookmarked that uh, that thread you were talking about because one of our local, uh, the, the, the guy that runs the Ministry of Propaganda here in town, uh, Richard, Richard, posted a, a wonderful song uh, to the guy that was asking, well, what yeah. can I do where I am? And he's, here's the song. Uh, back home, I'd put up flyers, alert the local press, burn up the Yahoo wires with each, with la- each last email address, reserve a, reserve a room for meeting, then sit and drink a cup, ready to make greeting, and no one would show up. Mm. I have a certain facile wit and ample will and guts, but fail, then try again, then quit. No sense being a putz. The skinny from New Hampshire said that freedom's growing there. I only know it damn sure isn't any other where. I moved on out and <laughs> dived on in with signs and songs and such. I don't know quite where to begin because there's so damn much. Where once I'd try to sound the call and no one heard my voice, there's no time here to do it all. You have to make a choice. The work is mighty tough, though fun, but wait, there's more, because when it's done, there's time to spend on other stuff. The play is mighty fun, but tough. There are lawyers' writs to file, outreach cards to mail, attend some pork's trial, and visit him in jail. Help unload new movers' vans and film that TV show. Meet and eat and make some plans. There's fundraisers to throw. I have the verve my old life lacked. These porks, that's porcupines, the sort of fun name for free staters, don't play to lose. The days here are so fully packed, you have to pick and choose. That's it's absolutely true on. too. It's, it's not beautiful. an exaggeration. It is absolutely like that. It, it's frustrating uh, when you have to decide. You want to do several things, and, there, and there's so much going on. 
Yeah, that's I've I've experienced that frustration as well. I mean, sometimes there are multiple activist things to choose from, and sometimes it's just that there are so many activist things going on in a week's period of time. You just at some point have to say, I can't because I've got to get some work done. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're, that's generally how I'm feeling about it. And you know, I, I've I've almost forgotten what it's like to, to be, be in Florida. Yeah, to, to, to <laughs> well, to be out out there yeah. where my expectation is to be dealing with somebody who. You know, doesn't believe like I do that the government should stay the heck out of uh, people's business and not uh, not initiate force on people unless you know they initiate force in the first place. Um, you know that I, I forget what it's like to be out there kissing those people's butts and and keeping my keeping silent because. Uh, it's, it's it's an awful way for a libertarian to be. All right. It's very different up here. Hour number two is on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you're on the line. We will get to your call about anything. That's the point of the show. That's why we call it Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. SwissAmerica.com reports Wednesday gold prices steadied above $950 an out despite a firmer dollar as stocks fell on Wall Street. Gold last traded down 50 cents to 954.10. Silver fell a nickel to 1517. As confidence in the world's leading fiat currencies erode, gold's immutable role as the universally recognized alternative to paper money is plain for all to see. Gold's relevance as currency cannot be canceled, reports thefool.com. More at SwissAmerica.com. Friend, this is Pat Boone for Swiss America. Let Swiss America help you get gold for safety, peace of mind, and growth without spending a dime. It's time to get inspired. Take the first step today. Ask for their free golden retirement kit at $30 value. Thanks, Pat. Call toll-free 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their site. We give ours away at freetalklive.com. We'll start things out. By going right back to your phone calls. That's the point of the show. We'll talk to Erica in Rhode Island. Erica, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hello. Hi, Erica. What's on um, your mind tonight? Well, I was watching the, uh, uh, the the Spanish news station here on Univision earlier, and I don't think many of you had heard of this. Apparently, uh, good old Chavez down in Venezuela has decided to uh, put a ban on, on Coca-Cola Zero. Coke not Zero? Now legal. What? Coke Zero? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Coke Zero. It's now like they, they've apparently been scrambling to get it out of vending machines and everything because it's apparently been banned due to health reasons. What is the what is the health reason? It's uh, zero calorie drink, so is there some sort of nasty sweetener in it or something like that? Is that I, I, they haven't really officially said anything about it, but I'm guessing it's because of the natural, the, the, the yeah, the artificial sweetener they put in it. That's it's it's admittedly not good for you. Now, but is it is it aspartame that they use in Coke Zero or is it uh, the, the the Splenda or something? Splenda. I, I couldn't tell you. I'm going to have to re- research that in particular because I know it's a new product, so they may be using Splenda. But um, now, does Venezuela grow sugarcane? Because I know Cuba does, and I, I, I can't say that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an expert on <laughs> the Latin American world. I, I'd imagine so. I mean, I, I, uh, my family is Colombian, and Colombia grows sugarcane, and Venezuela's right there next door. So it could be just a move by, uh, you know, the, the guy in charge of the government to, uh, you know, essentially cut out uh, people that aren't using his product. Well, maybe he really likes Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a privilege of being, uh, of being one of the head bureaucrats, right? You can, uh, on your whim, you can, in a socialist country like that, or where you're essentially a dictator, uh, on a whim, you can just uh, ban the products you don't like to promote the competition, right? I had a Coke Zero the other day, and it tasted less like Coke to me than Coke, so ban it! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from what I've heard, Venezuela is not the greatest place to be. I mean, we have a te- our tenant in our house who we're renting out a room to to uh, make some money. He's he's from Venezuela, and he apparently his from what I understand, the only people left most of the people left in Venezuela are very poor people because that would be Chavez's base. Because everyone with money was they they, they taxed the crap out of them and they yeah. got the hell out of there. Yeah, great points tonight, Erica. Any other thoughts? No, that'd be about it. Thanks for the call. And when you get a chance, head over to the Shrine of Female listeners, and uh, we'd love to have you up there at shrine.freetalklive.com. Thank you for uh, the call tonight, 800-259-9231. It reminds me of California when she said everyone who had any money is getting out of there. That's happening rapidly over there, too. Well, I saw a story about a, a businessman in New York who, since they're increasing the taxes pretty dramatically there, he has basically said, I'm going to just register all my businesses and my car and everything like that down in Florida, and I'm going to save $13,000 a day for from doing that stuff. Like, a day? Like just moving wow. his business or whatever officially to who's, Florida from New York is going to save him that, that kind of money. Who's, the fu- who's that golfer that's really famous? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Thank okay. you. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he got a $40 million contract or something, he... Suddenly lived in Florida, even though he's spending an awful lot of time in California. <laughs> um, Coke Zero does, in fact, contain aspartame. There you have it. 1-800-259-9231 to Ken in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Ken. Hey. Hey. What's on your mind, Ken? Um, every once in a while, somebody brings up the idea that somehow we're free. And, you know, we live in a free country, and the way it works is... Uh, we're free, and then the, the uh, principled libertarian says, hell no, we're not free. And then the person who says we're free says, well, yeah, but compared to everywhere else, we're free. And I, what I want to elucidate here is the trap of considering choice freedom. Um, many people are very uh, familiar with Milton Friedman and his uh, series Free to Choose, and in essence, the Chicago uh, School of uh, Economists uh, kind of draw a parallel between choice and freedom and, and pretty much consider them equal, whereas if you look at the uh, Austrian school, um, they look at, at a better freedom, which is a real freedom, that's actually people being free as opposing to have a lot of choices. And... Uh, a couple of days ago, you guys were arguing on the on the show about, well, are we free? And you know, Mark Mark thinks we're free, I guess. And I think I we're freer than some. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and I just want to list today that choice is not freedom. We have choices. We have uh, slaves have choices, but we have. What are you more talking about? You can choose slaves. Democrat or Republican. You don't feel free. <laughs> What's yeah. that? You can choose Democrat or Republican, and you don't feel free. Right, exactly. That's the point. Uh, slaves have choices. So choice is not the same thing as freedom. Granted, if you had all your choices, you would be free. But we don't have all our choices, so we're not free. Uh, I'll take more choices over fewer choices, won't you? More choices, good. But when you try to say, here's, here's the trap. When people try to use government to give us more choices, they usually don't make us more free. Oh, yeah, I agree that any time you, okay, you leave so something government. 
It's like a free speech zone. They tell you, uh, they give you a free speech zone, like they've granted you something. <laughs> you, within this area, you have free speech. But what you should be looking at is go, wait a minute, that means that outside the area, I don't. You just took away mm-hmm. freedom. You didn't give it to me. And that's why I brought up Milton Friedman and the choice in the uh, Chicago school gang, because their embrace of more choices, often through government, puts us in that trap. And I just want people to realize that choice is not freedom. Often choice comes with freedom, but when you ask government to give us more choice, it's rarely going to give you more freedom. Yeah, well, it's an important distinction. I don't even know if government could give you more choices. I mean, if you think about it, all government can do is really constrict and restrict. And so by taking more, in order for government to do more, whether it's have another government program or expand a government program, they have to take money by force, by threat of force, out of the productive economy, away from productive people, and then allocate it in the way that the government thinks is best, which seems to be the, it seems to me that on the whole, that process is going to result in fewer choices available in the marketplace. I agree. However, the way they do it, it, typically they like to talk about the consumer. And of course, you know, the, the idea of a consumer is bogus in the first place, because aside from those people that truly are government wards of the state, uh, we're all producers and consumers. That's a good point. Or wards of someone else. And so the, the concept of the consumer is bogus. But typically what they like to do is they like to say they're going to give the consumer, give or let the consumer have more choices. Like, for example, they're going to let us all have health care by what? requiring us all to have health care <laughs> of the types of rules that they will require the health care companies to provide the care with. Well, I don't right. see that as improving choice, though. The government getting into health care limited choices up to this point, because half of every health care dollar at this point is spent by the government. Mm-hmm. So to say that we have a free market in health care is absolutely ludicrous. Right. And the government and restricts... They continue uh, to make it worse. Uh, right. They have all kinds of restrictions in the, uh, the, the health care industry, which... So the is the system that we have now that limits people from having health care, and a lot of people would just like the choice of having one health care provider and let it be crappy. Like they, They'd rather have crappy than nothing, which is what a lot of people feel they have, even though they could probably go to emergency rooms because the government has regulated emergency rooms and forced them to provide free care to people. Um, but you know, people would prefer to have the the right to go. So the government created the problem, and now people want the government to solve the problem. It's really silly. That's the and process. I'm considering more and more that the government created rights too. Yeah, the government in, gives in you order your rights. To deprive us of liberties. Interesting observations tonight, Ken. I thank you for them. Uh, thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. It is, and I, I realize he wasn't saying this, uh, but if government ever gave people choices then we could look at the uh, the places around the world that have the most government, and you can see that the choices are very limited. <laughs> the choices uh, stink. Yeah, look at North Korea. And when you compare, when you talk about, well, we're freer than other places, it, in certain aspects, you might you can find probably areas where we're freer. And But you can, you can also look at the fact that we lock up more people than any other country. Does that mean we're the freest country? You can look at the, yeah. um, you know, we have a whole lot of, Corporatism in America that, that, that milks our economy and, and harms our economy, so we have a lot of hidden taxes that way, so I don't even know if we're economically that much free. I, so. like, I like how he's distinguishing the difference between choice and freedom. You either have freedom or you don't. Otherwise, all you have is a difference in choices. It's an interesting viewpoint. 
And I like it. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. One uh, group of people that have fewer choices now are poker players. We'll tell you about it coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the Wiki, the Archives, all free at freetalklive.com. Do you enjoy making your own tools, doing your own repairs, constructing things out of salvaged materials? If so, join James Ballyou at PaladinPodcast.com to learn what's new and what's new in his survival book, Makeshift Workshop Skills for Survival and Self-Reliance. Browse more than 800 other books and videos at PaladinPress.com on topics like survival, firearms, martial arts, and more. Remember, it's PaladinPress.com, and the podcast is at PaladinPodcast.com. So the story is out of the AP, where an advocacy group for online poker said Tuesday the federal government has frozen... More than $30 million in the accounts of payment processors that handle the winnings of thousands of online poker players. The Justice Department long has maintained that Internet gambling is illegal, a view the poker group uh, that the poker group challenges. That would be the Poker Players Alliance, telling the Associated Press the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York instructed three banks, Citibank, Goldwater Bank, and Alliance Bank of Arizona, to freeze the accounts. And as we've said before on this show, if you've got a bank account and if you want to live in society, most people have to have one, don't expect your bank to ever stand up for you when the when the feds come a-calling or the states or whoever nope. it is comes calling. They just don't. They aren't. They they exist at the behest of the, the federal government. And whatever it is the feds say right. or the state agents say, they will do. So, Banks are just this side of the government. They're like dealing with yeah. a public utility. I tell you, I'm, I'm trying to... Get, deal with them less and less and less and have as much as possible of my uh, assets as hard assets and some sort or another, maybe precious metals, get your stuff out of the bank, use them as little as possible. I was just looking at this chart last night, and it was on the percentage change of the amount of, uh, you know, the monetary, of, of the, you know, printing of the monetary base. And it, it looked like a, a cliff, you know, mm. <laughs> the right-hand side of the graph was just straight up, uh, you know, in the last, in the last year, they've just printed so much money. And that has to have an effect on inflation. It's going to have an that effect. That is inflation. That, right. right. On the, the increase of prices. And the fact is your, your, your Federal Reserve notes, your dollar bills are going to become less and less. Just to point out, I don't, know if, I don't know if it's been clear. Inflation is an increase in the money supply. Prices tend to increase as a result of inflation. It's a side effect of it. It's, it's an effect of inflation. It is not inflation. Raising prices is and not inflation. Prices can change for other reasons, but when you're seeing across the board price increases, there's a good likelihood that's why. But at the same time, The Martin, way to hedge against that is to buy gold and silver now. Didn't LouRockwell.com point out at one point, and maybe it's changed at this, at this time. I don't follow the money trail too closely myself. But didn't they point out that there's also a lot of deflation going on? So while on one hand they may be printing out a bunch of money, on the other hand, those loans that are getting closed out and, and all of that, that's money that's disappearing from the system. So uh, so there's Maybe deflation going on, that, too. That, that actually makes sense. I mean, people are default, defaulting on loans and things like that. And they're trying to make up for that. And they may very well be uh, you know, doing that. The rate they're printing money is insane right now. So it's very possible. I think there's still like... In certain areas, in particular, you're looking at probably more deflation. I think that 
what's um I suspect for instance that the housing market is bottoming out now and uh may not go much lower as they're starting to do all kinds of mechanisms to s- stop it but uh what's going to happen I think is the commercial market is lagging a little bit behind the residential housing market so right I think it's probably going to be coming up on a really good time to invest in commercial properties and things like that so very good. Uh, we'll continue the story here from the AP, where documents obtained show a magistrate judge in the district uh, issued a seizure warrant last week for an account at a Wells Fargo bank in San Francisco, and the federal prosecutor told the Alliance Bank to freeze the accounts. In a letter dated Friday and faxed to the bank, the prosecutor said accounts held by payment processor Allied Systems Incorporated are subject to seizure and forfeiture because they constitute property involved in money laundering transactions and illegal gambling offenses. Another letter faxed that same day. They say the bank treat the or ask the banks to treat the funds as legally seized by the FBI, saying that the government has probable cause that the gambling payments of U.S. residents have been directed to offshore illegal internet gambling businesses. The FBI has the authority to seize proceeds of specified unlawful activity without a warrant under exigent circumstances, according to their agent. In addition, a grand jury. Did you know that? All you have to do is just say, hey, we're in a rush. We don't need a warrant. <laughs> in addition, a grand jury subpoena issued last week seeks communications, financial transactions, and processing services between the company and Internet gambling operations. They also seek corporate records and bank accounts. So I guess your money doesn't, uh, doesn't count when it comes to the Fifth Amendment and them uh, being required. So to have I a, guess uh, what they would point out is it's not your money. Yeah. They yeah, would say it's theirs. It's the government's money. It's got their pictures right. on it. Yeah. So that, of course, uh, is resulting in a lot of people having a tough time. There was one story about a a gambler. I don't know if it's in this story. I saw a couple of different ones about this. I guess one gambler had a $10,000 check that he he was expecting. And, you know, when you get a check from a a company, it seems like a legitimate thing. You think you're going to be able to cash it. He tried to cash this check, found out that it uh, wasn't cashing, and then ended up discovering that, oh, well, the feds raided the account. So when they wrote the check, it was a good check. And had the feds not come in and stolen his money from him or frozen it, which is the same thing, uh, then he would have been able to collect his winnings. Now, it's so silly that people can't go online and gamble um, if, if that's what they want to do. You can. You, can, you just well, have to work around it. Right, there, well, <laughs> there are certain laws in place that make it a little more difficult. Now. Right, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, why should the government be making it difficult? At the very, very, very least, they could tax it. Well, the reason they're doing that, Mark, is because of the good old boys network, at least as I understand it. There are certain entities, uh, you know, uh, the casinos in Vegas, and Atlantic City, the Indian casinos around the country. There are certain established dog tracks, established interests that really don't want people online gambling. I mean, if you've got people they don't that want are, to compete with it, yeah. right, they, you've got people that are uh, that are they're addicted to gambling. They need to get their fix somewhere. These gambling casinos want them leaving their home to come to the casino so they can buy their alcohol and their cigar, uh, cigars and cigarettes and, and uh, pump money into their tables and their machines. Whereas if all you have to do to gamble to feed that addiction of, uh, of, of needing to gamble, which a lot – I'm not saying all gamblers have this, but there are certainly people that do. If it's easier to feed the addiction, they're just going to feed it at home. So if they can just sit down behind the computer screen and do their gambling there, especially if they're trying to hide it, like from a wife or a husband or something like that. You, you want to hide it from your significant other. And uh, you, if you were trying to leave the house in order to hide your gambling addiction, then that might be a little more difficult. You'd have to make up excuses for where you're going and things like that whereas if you're just on the computer no big deal i mean you just t- control uh, alt tab over to another window or something like that i spend and, all day on the computer yeah 
So would yeah, would Laura know if you were going to gambling websites? Maybe I guess know not. because of the credit card bills. Yeah, or whatever, right. But, <laughs> like I have money. I haven't had money yeah. in years. <laughs> But uh, but my point being is if it's more convenient, then people will do what's convenient. A lot of people will. Some people still want the the experience of going to the casino, obviously. But casinos are kind of neat places. Seems to me that the casinos would be one of the major uh, factors behind any sort of anti-internet gambling bill. Uh, so 20,000 player accounts were affected, but his group has received assurances from the online poker sites that the players would be fully compensated. I'm not sure how they're going to go about doing that with the feds keeping an eye on things. Uh, how are they going to move that money around and get it to those players if they're being watched? Maybe I'm just not on the inside of these things. Don't know how it works. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, again, it's good to be the gang. You get to just take people's money out of their bank accounts, and the bankers will just do whatever you tell them to. Sweet deal. 800-259-9231. But it's not stealing when they do it, right? Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? Send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those, including our Facebook page. We've got the uh, Free Talk Live Facebook fan group. Just go to facebook.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right to it, facebook.freetalklive.com. Freedombookclub.com invites you to participate in our in their summer reading event. Go to freedombookclub.com and choose your preference from the four finalists. Then purchase the book of the month. New winners are announced every month. Freedombookclub.com, making freedom a bestseller. This is a great idea and a, a, a great way to, you know, you're, you're going to buy freedom-oriented books anyway. You might as well buy the ones that uh, everyone else is buying and drive them up the, uh, the charts so that uh, other people are exposed to them. Through the bestseller lists. Leveraging the power of the internet to help promote great liberty-oriented books. And I was thinking this this internet thing was just going to be a fad. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the Free State Project. Just a fad. Going to drop off the map sometime soon. It's all going to burn out. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we continue to talk about confiscation, uh, the confiscation that went on that we were just discussing is the $30 million in players' funds that was stolen by the federal government and uh, I think it was the state of New York from poker players who had engaged in online uh, Internet poker, Internet gambling, and they just had their stuff stolen from them. And that's what you can do if you're in the government. You get to go and take things from people, whether that's their car or their home or uh, their cash, you get to take them, and all you have to do is just label it something different besides stealing. Eminent well, domain. Let's, let's be clear that uh, the people that are taking it, the government agents that are taking it, they're not keeping the stuff. You, By and large, well, it happens, certainly, that they do keep the stuff. But Asset forfeiture, there's plenty of uh, things that they get out of that, that they personally uh, benefit from. Well, not personally. They, they drive around getting, the vehicles and, and things oh, like no, that. No, and, they're, and they're getting salaries that they know very well are being supported by that stolen money. Yes. So they're being paid. They're like, you know, it's like you may as well pay, pay someone to go and collect from, pay Guido to go and bust someone's kneecaps to collect a, 
you know, loan payment for the mafia. You well, know, you're you're being paid to go do something. You're not getting the money yourself, but you're you certainly know that your salary is dependent on that stolen money. That, there's that, and then there's also the perks. Let's leave out, Mark, the uh, the fact that in the war on drugs. With the asset forfeiture laws that they have, they can stop you, pull you over. If you've got a, fi- a stack of $5,000 next to you, they can take that. They can hold a form out to you, as they've done down in Bradenton, Florida. And I think they're also doing a little town in Texas, probably all over the place. We just haven't heard about it. They hand you an asset forfeiture form and say, well, look, you know what? We're just not – we'll, we'll – uh, We'll withhold charges if you'll just sign this form, and we'll just take this away. And we'll let you go. So they get five thousand dollars. They get uh, you get a piece of paper with your signature on it, and uh, you get to drive away. So what do you think happens to that five thousand dollars? Well, it doesn't all get reported. You know, a thousand of it will get reported. It, 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 Maybe well, it won't get reported at all. In in the in specific instances, you you know, it's that certainly happens. You and it happens, it happens more often than you know. Nope. Uh, it yeah, just happens more often than you know. So let's we could just put that aside and then go on what kind of what Dale was saying that not only are their salaries paid by in many ways this asset forfeiture helps promote their salaries and continue to keep them there. It helps get them the the benefits that they have. The uh, that money I'm sure ends Job up security. making it yeah. makes it into the the pension. Package packages because they take that money in and they they invest that stuff. These governments have huge investment funds. Most local, state, and even the feds, these governments around the country have these CAFRs, uh, comprehensive annual financial reports that you can look at. And you can look and see what their funds are like. They they take your money and invest it, and then they retire on that later on down the line. Plus, we've all seen how wasteful government is. Whether it's the story that we had the one time about the military guys just shoving tools off the side of an aircraft carrier so they could order new tools the next year. Mm. You know that same stuff happens in the government bureaucracies where it's not the military. They're just sitting around in office. Hey, guys, we got this budget. Let's order some brand new laptops. Well, they have what do we do with these them. old laptops? Well, you can just take them home. They, they, I, don't <laughs> know what, I don't know what they do with them. Um, they may give them to uh, charitable organizations, whatever it is they choose to do, the, do with them. They'll take care of themselves first. But they, <laughs> they have to use up their budget. Otherwise, they're budget will be diminished right. by the amount they don't use the next year. Need so. a new leather chair for the office? You can take but, the other one home. No yeah. problem. Enjoy. And that is essentially, that is a big problem with it is that it is, uh, there's this disconnect. You know, you have this a branch or whatever who knows their budget is going to go down if they don't spend more. And so, of course, that's part of the reason why governments always grow and they don't shrink. The so. reason the reason I br- uh, was going on, the continuing on the, the whole idea of you get as a government person as a government agent you have the ability to just steal things you have the ability to uh, to do all of this horrible uh, these uh, these horrible acts to your fellow man and you get to just pawn it off saying well it's my job and it's not stealing when we do it because well the people voted for this this is what they wanted and i have to say that i don't know if that even applies to most people did most people want to get pulled over for speeding and find hundreds of dollars do, do most people really want to be treated that way i find it hard to believe and i know for a fact that if you talk to the homeschooling people they they will tell you that they don't want to be treated the way they're being treated especially over in california where they're working towards outlawing homeschooling i don't know how close they are to, uh, toward it but the story i have is out of the uk um well if we're if we're going to talk about homeschooling i had an interesting conversation um you know during the during the day i make telephone calls to all different kinds of people uh, trying to get advertisements uh, for free talk live and in this particular instance it was a uh, a woman who was in new jersey working at an ad agency very nice lady uh, mm-hmm. have talked to her a great deal and kind of through the conversation about me going to the new media seminar we got 
talking about her politics and what she believed. Uh oh. I'd kept myself very neutral and didn't talk to her about what I believe. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, and this is un- the unfortunate thing that I, you know, it, it's unfortunate you've got to be like this in, in the advertising business, but it's not my job to talk to her about politics. It's my mm-hmm. job to sell her ads. Sure. So, um, Somewhere in the conversation, essentially her her statement was um, homeschoolers. Uh, she considers them all unibombers. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> it's that 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 was that was the statement. What did you say to that? Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> something <laughs> similar to that. I'm like, really? So, which package did you want? <laughs> wow. What do you do with that? Yeah. I. Wow. <laughs> Not the homeschooled kids I've ever met. They're the most mild-mannered, uh, kind, uh, well-behaved children. That uh, Not that I've met a whole lot of them, but the few that I've met have been very well-behaved. I think most people, all they know is the education that they grew up with and that they are sending their kids to. And they just, uh, you know, I think in their minds, that's what keeps society stable is they're all put through this indoctrination process. I think that, yeah, to some extent, I believe that to be true, that it does keep society stable, homogenous, um, and that that's a problem. Right. And that I I, I, so I I do agree sort of with what this woman's saying is that, you know, they they send you through government school and and beat the crap out of your will. And then if it's not entirely beaten out by the time you're sending your kids in, they beat the rest of it out uh, as as the parent. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's not like you have a choice. You you can go you can be involved in your kid's education at the parent parents teacher conference. But if you really have something you want your child to learn and want the you know, want the want them taught in the public school and they it's not on their curriculum you're not going to get it yeah. you could just be involved in what they what they are be, being taught so i mean yeah you're right i mean stable in in the in the sense of it makes you incredibly obedient that's yes. the biggest thing they're teaching you is blind obedience more than anything else in a public school and teach you to live in this Informity. very structured manner and telling you what's going to make you happy telling you the goals that you should have when you grow right. up and conformity and, uh, and yeah, they're crushing Cuba, individual Cuba, creativity and will. Yeah, Cuba's been stable for the last forty years. I mean, st- stability. <laughs> As in no wealth cre- creation. Well, no. stability, stability is, is overrated. <laughs> by its well, stability yeah. by itself is the number one factor for a um, you know country's making money. But I th- I think that. That, that, that's what that's what I've seen in in some of these reports. But you know, I, I look at it and I'm like, well, yeah, certainly unstable countries. It would be very difficult to make money. But when I start, I, look, I mean, you know, I, well, it's also it's not to say that we wouldn't get better stability through through um, more freedom because I think you also have a much more dynamic and adaptive market that isn't restricted. I mean. I, I can't even imagine how much wealth we aren't producing because of all the restrictions on our, not just on our markets, but on our personalities from from these schools and from our creativity and things like yeah, that. Yeah, the wealth drain is, is, is it's incalculable. I know Dr. Mary Ruart in her book, Healing Our World, just estimates based on the regulations and the taxes that, uh, that we're paying and obeying that it's probably at least eight times as much uh, wealth that could be created with, uh, within weeks of dropping all of those regulations and, and taxes just really quick. Anyway, more on the way here. Uh, homeschoolers in the U.K. are under attack. It's Free Talk Live. John and Lobo are back with more rapid-fire action. It began as a favor to a woman trying to get away from an abusive husband, but it proves that no good deed goes unpunished, and the consequences may be fatal to their partnership. The sequel to One Jump Ahead and Slanted Jack, Overthrowing Heaven by Mark L. Van Name, available from Bain Books. Remember, if you don't like your world, visit one of ours at Bain.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link and a percentage of your purchase will at that point go to Free Talk Live. doesn't matter if you're buying used items to save a few bucks or brand new uh, with free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of items. We will get a cut if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now, in the past on this program, we've talked about the, the line in the sand. At what point will you have had enough of government control over your life? What will it take? How much tyranny will you accept in your life before you're willing to stand up and do something about it. And I, do, and I mean do more than just talk about it. Because it's great that if you're talking with people about liberty, that's great. That's something, it counts, but it, it's not going to do anything immediately to uh, put a stop to the, the advance of uh, the forces of, of darkness, if you will, the, the evil that government uh, perpetrates in the name of supposedly doing good. So you have to ask yourself, do you have a line in the sand? If not, that's okay. Most people don't. Most people have never really thought about it before. Well, what would I do? Well, you can see all of these things going on around you, but until the government really comes crashing in on your life, it just isn't a priority for people. And it bo- that bugs me, because I think people should be concerned about the liberties of their neighbors and their friends. As Pastor Martin Niemöller said, first they came for the communists, and then they came for the trade unionists, and you know now they're coming for the Muslims, and they're coming for the immigrants, and the drug dealers, and all that. So if they're, they're and, well, they're coming from the guy now down the street too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, in, in a lot of cases you're talking about code violations or right. you know just all kinds of different. A things. A 72 year old woman was tased on the side of the road just the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just the insanity continues, and there's story after story of governments, the government around the, this country hurting people, hurting innocent people, and you'd think that would be enough. Like if if you saw enough of those stories, you'd snap and you'd say, "That's it, I can't take this anymore. My fellow man is being treated awfully." And I am not going to put up with it, but it's not usually enough. Usually they have to come in on you. So I have to ask, what is your line in the sand? Would this be it? Think about this one, Mark. You're going to homeschool Jack, your son who is just over one year old at at this point. Uh, Right? Yeah, over one year. And so you're planning on homeschooling him. So. So, uh, and there are certain homeschooling regulations that do apply. I think in this uh, in this particular state here in New Hampshire, yeah, every, I, I imagine every state has some yeah, le- some I, level of regu- reg- regulation. I, I, I don't know what they are, but I imagine most homeschooling parents will jump through whatever those hoops are because homeschooling their kids is important enough to where they're willing to jump through whatever hoops the government has put up so they can avoid putting their kid in the government school to get the government indoctrination. So if they have to jump through some hoops, to them it seems like probably a small price to pay. But once that price continues getting larger and larger, you have to ask yourself, when will you say, no, I'm not going to obey? Would this be the point? For the first time, all parents, this is according to the Telegraph in the UK, for the first time, all parents will be forced to register their children with local councils. Extra support will also be made available as part of the significantly strengthened guidelines to regulate education for up to 50,000 under-16-year-olds in in the uh, country of England. 
The move to be unveiled uh, shortly by Graham Badman, is, that's his last name, uh, former director <laughs> of education at Kent Council, will be strongly resisted by parents groups who insist it represents an unprecedented infringement on family life. One parent insisted closer scrutiny was downright insulting as children were safer at home than at school. So parents, it's, it says here all parents will be forced to register their children, which is really disturbing. It would be disturbing enough if it were just homeschooling parents. But Ed Balls, the children's secretary, said his review is based on the need to strike the right balance between two important principles. Giving parents the right, there's the, uh, the whole idea that governments give rights, uh, which of course is nonsense. Giving parents the right to decide how and where their children should be educated and ensuring that every child gets the education they need to help them fulfill their potential. Now, Graham recommends action to address the very small number of cases where homeschooled children have suffered harm because safeguarding concerns were either not picked up or addressed urgently. In comments that sparked a furious row, and that's British for fight, Baroness Morgan, the (laughs) children's minister, said it was needed because in some extreme cases, home education could be used as a cover for abuse. Now, what do you think the government people would consider an abusive situation to homeschooled kids? Maybe if you were teaching them, oh, I don't know, to be self-sufficient and reliant uh, on yourself and uh, and believe that the government is is hurting people, that could be considered uh, abusive, right? I think abuse is what the public education system is doing yeah. to the kids. Well, but, yeah, I, we know that uh, that that judges have stepped in when uh, parents say that you know they believe that uh, some sort of medicine is uh, you know it, it's counter to their religion. So right. they'll step in and they'll say that Johnny's got to take the chemotherapy treatments or often seems to have to do with cancer and of course the parent parents believe that you can uh, you know pray to god and shake a dead chicken over the kid or whatever it is that they're going to do to to fix the situation um i you know i i don't know what the best you know scenario is everywhere but i think that the parents are the best ones to choose in that circumstance the child i think certainly should have some kind of say but some bureaucrat some some unsuccessful lawyer that went to the right cocktail parties who now has to wear a dress for a living that guy he's not qualified to say parents have to inform councils this is how it is right now in the uk parents have to inform councils if they pull their sons or daughters out of school though they can avoid paperwork altogether if the children have never been in school that's a good idea by the way if you can have kids don't tell the government about it uh the review will outline plans for compulsory registration for all children including those moving between local authority areas it would give councils power to monitor whether children were being kept safe so not yep. only do you have to register your child, just like a car, just like a boat. That's that's what I was going to say. The minute I hear that word about a person, chills go down my spine. Yep. And why aren't why isn't that the case for more people? I mean, how is it that people can be so comfortable using this language and not feel like that's going to shock everyone? Because they and, and you realize that if they re- if you if they have <laughs> our regist- language has been corrupted. Basically. If they have a registration system, that means they've got a database. If they've got mm-hmm. a database system, that means they have the ability to red flag. Uh, children in this system well you know they are you for whatever reason get your child red flagged in this system you are 
screwed. Well, they already have been building that, uh, and I think it's already out there, that system where every child is, is, is supposed to be inside this government system where teachers and doctors and various different uh, people have access to it, and they can write whatever kind of notes in the system that they want. And so it's very well possible that someone might look at you and say they don't like you, they don't like something about you, and yep. so write something in that You're system. You're a Unabomber. And then <laughs> all of a sudden you've got a, a caseworker showing up at your house saying, uh, Mr. Edge, we have some concerned parties that maybe uh, they're worried that little Jack is, uh, is being abused, so we're just going to check around here in your home real quick, going to have a quick interview with you and, uh, and your wife, and just no problems here. We're just going to look around. You don't mind, do you? Okay, we're coming in. Yeah. No, so, no, you're not. Yeah, well, but most are. people will <laughs> just let them in because they've been true. taught I've to be obedient to authority figures. Had oh. this conversation with my my wife. It's an, I'm entirely clear. There, you know, no one from Child Protective Services is allowed in this house without a warrant. That's smart. I, I, just, I wish other people were as smart as that. They're so, there right. to find problems, um, you know. And I've I've seen, <laughs> I saw from it was from uh, the the lo- a local uh, gun attorney Evan Knappen put up a uh, a thing on his uh, Facebook, and it was uh, you know, I, it's really difficult to explain on air, but it was basically a graph, and it was two circles, and it was um, and then uh, a, a third circle set on top of it, which in, uh, in, you know the the two circles were people who talk to the police, people don't talk to the police, and then the third circle, which encompassed far more of the people who talk to the police section than the people who don't talk, uh, said it was uh, you know, let's see, uh, yeah, people who talk to the police, people who go to jail, bump. <laughs> so yeah. far more people that go to jail talk, talk to, the, to police. the police yeah. than the ones that don't. Yeah, we have. I, I mean, twice now, just people, uh, police or some other person for uh, some other bureaucrat has come to our door and we just didn't answer, and, it, and they went away. It blew over. That's the way to do it. If I'm they're gonna you. come in, they're gonna come in, exactly. whether you answer the door or not. Uh, so, so the 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 education groups there, the homeschooling groups in the UK, of course, are saying they will strongly oppose this regulation. But how strongly will they oppose it? Right. Will they will they oppose it strong enough to where they will not obey the registration requirements for their children? I highly doubt it. But of course, that's what it would take if yeah. you actually want to stop this kind of uh, tyranny. It's going to take non-cooperation because how far are you going to let them go? If you let them go this far when you have to register your kid and then if they decide they want to do an investigation into your home for whatever arbitrary reason they want because it's – well, we've gotten reports or maybe just a random selection. Maybe they'll just choose you to come and investigate you and sniff you out. Well, they might not like some of the things they find in your house. It may not be appropriate according to their standards and so they might take your child from you. And if you went along with the registration program in the first place, then are you really going to be surprised when they finally do come and take your kids? So where is your line in the sand, homeschoolers? When will you stop obeying the regulations these bureaucrats are putting on you? Hour 3 is coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. On your feet! I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the U.S. military, reserves, or National Guard, you have special rights and privileges earned through your service to your country, including special VA loan programs not available to the general public. You could purchase a new home with no down payment or refi your home up to 100% of your home's equity. You've earned these benefits through your dedication and service. iFreedom Direct, a direct VA lender, can help you discover whether you and your property qualify. 
Get the details at varadio.com. That's varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. 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 This is Free Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. As we continue here, it is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and join Dale on his site, anarchyinyourhead.com. Not only do you get two brand new comics per week to be uh, reading and enjoying, but you also get the occasional essay, which is, uh, I think, uh, they're very good essays, the ones that I've read. And uh, they're all free over at anarchyinyourhead.com. Dale, how can people who like anarchyinyourhead.com help you out? Well, uh, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to give kudos to Mark. Mark has started the uh, voting surge that's put us on the front page of Top Web Comics. So, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, he, without a doubt, he holds the primary responsibility for, for that happening. He's yeah. such a great marketing guy. <laughs> it, it's a point that I'd, I'd like to make, uh, you know, that it, it spreads across uh, a lot of areas. Is the crap that gets done here in the Free State Project, Mark does it. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's a very key role here in the Free State Project. But, uh, yeah, he actually did a really good job of promoting the voting process over there. I've been trying to do it for a long time. And I've only had kind of moderate, mediocre success, and it's just been fantastic lately. We've been on the front of the, the front page for all of this month, and there's a video on the site where, and this was Mark's suggestion. That's why the video exists. There's a video uh, in the blog section on the on the website that tells you how to go, th- how to vote. It's really yeah. simple. Well, uh, it's, but, it's, it's you know. sort of simple. Well, once you know how to do it, it's simple. I mean, maybe it's only me, but uh, the fact is, I found it to be quite a logic problem when I first saw it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so if you go, you'll know what I'm talking about. It, it, you'll find out if you're smarter than I am if you go to vote.anarchyinyourhead.com <laughs> and you can look at this little logic problem and try to figure out how to vote. And it, it's it. I, it, it, I, what can I say? It, but it, it doesn't make you. It doesn't make you log in. It doesn't make you enter an email. It no, doesn't make you good. create an account. It's two clicks, and uh, and there's a little logic problem, and it changes every now and then. So it won't be the same. And you have to do it every day too, months. right? Or preferably. Yeah. I really need people to vote as often real as possible. regularly, as a, as much as a, as once a day. I can tell you, yeah. I love an internet list. The the ability to drive something up an internet list. It's just it's something I enjoy doing. I, I get to see a, you know a market is success. You are I, influential, Mark. I well, I just enjoy the process. Is, you know, everybody well, I, on the internet is influential. Just, Everybody's got little friends on their Facebook and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, that's how these networks work. I like to tell people this is a nice, it's an easy and fun way to promote liberty. Sure is. Comic strips. Anarchyinyourhead.com so. is a great way, I think, for people to get get introduced to, to some really serious liberty themes. In I a don't very pull any punches. <laughs> yeah. If you, yeah you, saw really the, if you saw yesterday's strip, I, you know I don't pull any punches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anarchyinyourhead.com. We continue here with your phone calls. Glenn is on the line in Massachusetts. What's on your mind tonight, Glenn? Hey, you guys see how uh, Sam Dobson was mentioned on Fox News the other day? On the Freedom Watch show, Judge uh, Napolitano. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Anyways, right um, at the top of the show, yeah. Thank you to yeah. uh, the crew over there at Freedom Watch. In fact, I get, I probably shouldn't say when, because if I ever say when we have guests on, it jinxes them. Uh, but we are going to have Judge Napolitano on the show. Oh, that's oh, cool, that's great. Cool. Yeah. 
Not that we can get him that many new listeners or anything like that, but I'm sure you can get one or two out of. Five. I'm reading. You know, he's he's got a book out, and I'm reading it. It's pretty good. So I figure it's the least we can do is to have him on the show as and you know plug his book to thank him for covering Sam's situation because they sure didn't have to. Over and there. he's yeah. also talked to uh, Jason Sorens and uh, uh, Glenn. Glenn Jacobs has good been on there. The we'll Motorhome Diaries other. guys have been on That's there as right. well. So, and I think it's likely we'll get some others. Of course, uh, involved in the Free State Project. We're Colin. talking about the, uh, right. the Freedom Watch show, which is a internet television program put out by Fox News. Go ahead, sir, with your thoughts tonight, Glenn. Anyways, I was wondering. I had a question. Uh, I was in New Hampshire the other day, and uh, uh-huh. I was in Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. And it's a, it's an evil city, but uh, I I uh, didn't pay for enough parking, Uh-oh. and then magically, uh, some you know wonderful soul went and and paid for. Um, my, you know, for for extra parking for me, it's wow. on my window, and I, I think I heard you guys talk about parking activists who do this in New Hampshire. Is that right? I didn't know it was going on elsewhere, but I, if it I'd is, be surprised if, if there was much Free State Project activism, you know, porcupine activism going on in Portsmouth. Period. But uh, oh, there's it, some people out there. There's some, but uh, you know, are they are they going out and doing? How much activism I, are they doing? Is it all no. political? What, what, what was it they left on your windshield? It was like it was one of these parking meters where you pay the money at the meter and they give you like a printout of how much time when it expires. Oh, so they oh, just fancy. put a new t- a sticker on there, okay, or a new yeah. So they just, so they they bought an extra. And I saw that. I thought it must be those because I remember hearing something about you know you guys talking about these parking activists. So I wanted yeah. I want to know who the group was and how I could support them because I probably would have had a big ticket. So. If I can pay it back in any way, I'd make a small donation, whatever I could afford. Well, so. you know, I don't. They they were doing it anonymously, apparently, because when we do it in Keene, we do uh, we leave little envelopes for people if, with a return envelope. If they want, they can send a contribution, and then that money will help us to keep to keep feeding more meters, so we can do help more people. But uh, so I think they were doing it anonymously. But if you just want to kind of pay it forward, you yeah. can make a contribution to the Robin Hood Fund, but that'll support people in Keene. That, so. yeah, that the Robin Hood Fund's a good idea. Or keep an eye on some uh, parking meters out there and, uh, you know, <laughs> make sure that people don't get tickets. You know, this brings me to something that uh, that I think it deserves discussion, and the, that is the idea of activism that is hidden versus activism that is out in the open and, you know, you're wearing it on your sleeve. As you've said here, uh, Glenn, you would like to give money to whichever group, whoever it was that did this kind act to you. You want to return that favor, but you have no idea who it was. So it's great that they did that. But since you can't identify who it was, you can't help them. You can't thank them. I mean, hopefully they're listening and they're hearing this. But maybe it wasn't even a uh, you know a free stater or a liberty activist. Maybe it was just somebody who was passing by and I, felt nice. If I had to guess, I think it was just a nice person. Probably the latter. But there are there's a certain. Uh, there's a certain mindset of some of the activists up here, and that is that well, we should do everything quietly, and we shouldn't be talking about that uh, you know that we're we're liberty activists or or that we we we're from the Free State Project or anything like that. I'm of the opinion you're nuts and, if you say you're from. And the then Free State they Project. and then the same people complain when uh, we get all the attention and the FSP gets associated with our activities instead of the secretive, quiet, subtle ones. I'm not saying wear the Free State Project on your sleeve, but if someone asks you, you should be honest about. Uh, you can't where lie you come about from. things. Um, so, but but there's. Be, there seems to be this attitude of well let's let's just keep quiet and let's let's win liberty by just completely being behind the scenes. We should be able to have liberty without uh, essentially revealing ourselves. And, and, and I'm oversimplifying what it is they're saying, but sure. that, that's the message I've gotten from people. And so it's it's the difference between when you look at New, at New Hampshire and you look at the liberty activism happening here. 
you can see that there are certain groups that don't mind touting their success. New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, you want to look at some political successes, go and look at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at nhliberty.org. They have no problem saying, we did this, we did this, this, here's how you can help us. Uh, same thing over here in, in the Keene area. There are various different efforts going on. You want to help out with it, you can come out, you know where to go, you know what website to go to, freekeen.com, you know where to find this information. There and I, are and I, no other... I, I, was a, I want to say I specifically tend to brand Free Keen. I don't brand Free State Project. I don't bring it Me up. Me too. I actually uh, will, I will usually not bring it up, but I will. I'm not going to be dishonest about it either. So right. I like to brand local activism and Free Keen is, is not just Free Staters by a long shot. It's true. It's a lot of local people. So. That's one of the important points about Free Keen. One of the, the critical things that I wanted to do was to make sure that we had people in the local area who've been here a long time also involved so nobody can point at us and say, see, it's you Free Staters. No, it's liberty-loving people. That's, what, that's who the activists are here in New Hampshire. Free Staters are just liberty lovers who've moved in from somewhere else and have, have gotten active. But, but what I'm saying here is that if you are doing activism but you're keeping it quiet – then I don't think you're as effective as you would other as you could otherwise be. I think that I think there's some real value to crowing about your successes and what it is that your pro, your projects are and what it is that you're doing. Whether you have the greatest success or whether you have a, a semi success or even no no success at all, being out there and letting people know what you're doing and communicating with people is going to bring more people in, give them the opportunity to get involved with you. I don't know what goes on in, out in Portsmouth, and maybe it's just because I'm halfway across, you know, I'm all the way across the state, but where are their websites? Where are their, where's oh. their movement? Where, what do they have to gather people together and to get them out and get them active? Maybe they, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. I just there don't is, know. About there it. is some stuff. I want to give. I, I, they, you know, I think it's important to point out because I was there for a while and I yeah. helped them with some of it. Uh, there, there's a section in my store which is just for like a Seacoast Liberty Group mm-hmm. that I'm sponsoring for them to do there. I, do, I create a logo for them and they've got websites and things like that. I don't know if it maybe has not been. Uh, is it maybe just may, not quite as active as what we've got going on in Keene just yet? But uh, they are trying to do that. Um, I would just like to see more of the areas, just wear their activism on their sleeve and promote, 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 try to get people over there. Seems like, uh, thank you for the call, Glenn, I appreciate it. Uh, It seems like we're the only ones doing that out here in the Keene area, and I think that if activists compete for activists, then that'll be a good thing. We're coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show, you take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include the chat room. You can go and enjoy that for free over at chat.freetalklive.com. Again, that is chat.freetalklive.com. And audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. You need to go to that link to get the free audiobook. Again, it's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for a free audiobook. As we continue taking your phone calls about anything you want, it's Dan in Pennsylvania. You're on the amp line. Hello, Dan. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Last, uh, well, last night a guy, I think his name was Chuck, called in to talk about how important it was to make sure that people knew what left and right in political terms actually 
he and, was suggesting uh, that right uh, being right wing meant that you were in favor of less government. And I said uh, that is not my understanding of right wing, and it's essentially his mission to try to make everybody believe that the, that right wing doesn't mean what they think it means. Yeah, well, to sort of demonstrate the point that the left right scale is completely useless, even Chuck, who is going on about you know the purity of the definition and all, doesn't even know what it means uh, because it actually started back in the French Parliament, where all of the reformers, both socialist and free market sat in the left wing. It, it meant you were it, against whatever the government was trying to propose, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you like had that. the socialist you had the socialist uh, you know, uh, Prudhon sitting right next to Frederick Bastiat in the left wing and then on the right wing you had all the monarchists and the mercantilists and all the people who just wanted to keep the status quo. Mm. So so, uh, uh, so right wing it really is a conservative. Yeah, exactly, in historical terms. And so left wing right wing originally meant radicals and conservatives. Well, I, you know, the term conservative is screwed up, so you can't really explain it in those terms either, but even the traditional American version of it isn't even the original version. So, I mean, it's just completely pointless unless you're talking to somebody who knows the, the historical definition. And, you know, among those sort of people, I call myself a left libertarian because I'm a radical libertarian. I like market activism. I like, you know, sort of worker-owned businesses, but I'm totally free market. That doesn't make me left-wing in American terms, but it does make me left-wing in historical terms. But, you know, so it's just a complete mess, and yeah. frankly, I, I don't see what the point I is. I think, Ian you and know, I have had this conversation before, that modern, the modern notion of what conservative means, it's very authoritarian. It's, uh, you know, there's the notion that you need this this like really powerful violent organization to protect our freedoms and it's actually it's the kind of thing that justifies things like the patriot act and cracking down on the brown people and and cracking down on terrorists and all these things that require us to like have these armies of armed people whether it's inside america with our police state or whether it's people invading other countries to keep us safe over here you know that's that's the justification for it but it's incredibly authoritarian it's incredibly violent it's uh, it's contrary to everything that libertarianism should be about and certainly the left has its issues uh the modern left not your definition of of you know the original de- definition of left but the modern definition of what left has come to mean certainly has that uh that authoritarianism as well but uh, I think that it always seems to me that, that you know, I've always said that a lot of what we call liberals now are like an economics 101 lesson away from being libertarian because their heart is there. I mean, they believe yeah. in freedom, but they don't understand that the fallacies in their, the fallacies that they have uh, failed to get past that is keeping them from understanding real liberty. I, I yeah, tend but to people agree. don't have a tendency to take um, that economics lesson real well. No doubt. I mean, obviously we, have, you know, obviously we have some very powerful liberals that are restricting our freedoms right now. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, but I do feel like you know, their heart's in the right place, and it really is like a, you know, a failure to understand certain concepts. Whereas if they we, did, you know, if you really care about people and you're trying to help them, you will learn there are better ways to do it, that far better ways than through uh, this authoritarian government. Right. Well, whereas many of the people on the, the so-called right or the conservatives, and again, we're being very general here, whereas many of them 
uh, they they will wear it on their sleeve that they don't care about other people. Like, you know, if you're not uh, white Anglo-Saxon male or whatever, or white Anglo-Saxon, uh, then you just don't count to a lot of the, the conservatives. They just don't... You get know, a you, job. Yeah. Uh, th- that's the attitude I get. So even if they understood the economics, which some of them get well, some of the t- you they, know, taxes they are bad understand kind the, of thing. They understand the talking points of a but small government. The whole stop the gays from getting married and but you know, stop having government sex outside to, of marriage. You know, secure the, the nation's place in the world as though the United States is supposed to be an empire ruling over the rest of the world. Well, and, but we know, we know we're, the most, we're the freest country. We should be in charge of everything. <laughs> Else, in so, charge we can, of everything. so we can protect our freedoms Law and everybody and else's freedoms. Right. Well, they're not protecting the other people's <laughs> freedoms. They're protecting the uh, status quo of their government, but they're not protecting the, the freedoms of their people. Well, they're protecting freedom rhetoric. <laughs> <laughs> they're talking about freedom. So, Dan, what other thoughts do you have for us? Oh, um, did I hear you say, and you don't have to answer this if you're afraid of uh, the jinx or whatever, but did I hear you say you're going to have Walter Block on your program? Yes. Yeah, I, that's the one I'm least uh, concerned about uh, getting jinxed on. That's awesome. It, Walter was one of the really the key figures early in my development as a uh, as a, a an anti-statist who really sol- you know solidified my position and you know gave me the last push that I needed to uh, you know to become logically consistent in that area. I think so he might. I, I'd be really glad to have him on. I think he he might be uh, one of the most preeminent uh, libertarian thinkers of our time. Yes, and Mark, if you still have any doubts about privately owned roads, he will take care of that. Oh, that's don't worry, I won't be on that show that day. Ah, that's right, you're leaving. I won't be on that show that day. Well, make a point of listening then, Mark. I'll make a, somebody should make a I note. I thought Mark was sold on roads being private. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you, you, people should be able to compete against the government on roads. I, um, I think that I'm of the opinion that uh, this is not the place to start with people on the issue of liberty. Okay, that, but I, I just recall a conversation between you and Ian, and it seemed like he had gotten you to understand that yes, roads could be completely privatized, and it would it's totally viable. To I'd do. say that Jason Osborne probably had more to do with. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Jason's uh, smart, and he's got all kinds of uh, information and research that he's done and, and you know, I just, can't wait till he's out here with us it's yeah. going to be great out here all right hey uh, Dan thanks for the call appreciate hearing from you 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line and a little bit of uh, news here for you from USA Today that the cigarette manufacturers are about to get even more screwed than they've ever been. Well, actually, the, uh, I've been following this. The cigarette manufacturers have been uh, pushing this legislation. Have they really? Yeah, well, yeah, they're behind it. It's the little cigarette manufacturers that are going to get screwed. That's a good point. That usually does tend to be how things work with regulations. It's uh, many times the actual industry bigwigs that are pushing for it in order to protect their business from the upstarts, from the mom and pops, from the people that are innovators and just trying to get into the game. Uh, they push new regulations upon them, so it makes it that much more difficult, that much more costly to actually get into the business. And according to USA Today, at this point, cigarettes marketed as light, low tar, or mild will be banned within a year as part of a historic bill. The Senate passed 79 to 17 on Thursday. The legislation approved by the House in April is the most sweeping tobacco control measure ever passed by Congress. It now goes to uh, Obama, who said he will sign it. The bill gives the Food and Drug Administration the authority to regulate tobacco products. We'll get into a little bit of detail on this and take your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. 
Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? Send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you free. So enjoy those, including the uh, the streams. We've got a broadband version, a dial-up version, a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. So you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? You're tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? If you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue here, uh, we'll, con- we'll get to some details on this tobacco legislation. But first, let's go to the phones and the fun. Dana is on the line, or Dana is on the line in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey there. Hi. About the bill you're about to discuss some more of. Yes. I heard on a news blip that that also covers our water that we buy, our cereal. So I'm wondering if this is opening the door to control what has been moved for years, but most recently the vitamin and herbal industry. Is this the same bill? I don't. Codex. I don't. No. Is this the you're same? Right. Well, I've heard about Codex, but there was the bill that uh, they've been they've been I guess throwing around that essentially creates some sort of tracking system for food, and that is going to do a lot of damage to the smaller businesses, the smaller food manufacturers out there. Is this the same bill, the the bill that puts all these new regulations on the cigarette industry? The same one as the one that is uh, also the food regulatory bill? That's what I'm asking you. Oh, it I makes no me idea. wonder that. And I think it would be worth somebody trying to get a hold of the whole essence of that thing. Because, you know, they stick everything under the sun on the end of any bill. And what they're giving you is the entry of the tobacco industry. But what else is this going to? It's a great question. If they're not telling us. I mean, just looking at this article here, it doesn't even say what the bill number is. It's just a generic article. Yeah, they generally don't. I I think it's unlikely that this is the one where the, uh, you know, that they're dealing with, uh, you know, food in that case. But they're just as likely to put one, too. They're likely to put a a battleship on the end of one of these things. I heard on the news (laughs) that this is the bill that will include controlling our drinking water that we buy Mm. and cereal. Mm. Now, what else more is behind that, that they're just shorthanding it and telling us, oh, this is what it is, but not giving us the full oomph of what the application of the whole bill will be? Sure That's could be. a great question. It's a saying. good question, and you it's totally not a... To, you might want to really research this and look and see the whole bill in its entirety that they're passing. I don't okay. think I could stand uh, reading the, the whole well, bill. Then I'll see what I can find, and I will try to get back with you. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Right. Always Bye. nice hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's the nice thing about Free Talk Live is you can get the word out on uh, things like that. 
Yeah, yeah, okay, here it is. This one is labeled. They actually give you the name of the bill over at MSNBC. It's called the Family Smoke, Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Bill. Now, of course, there still could be a whole lot more right. in there. Uh, but I don't believe that's the the one in the same bill as the the food regulations or the, the the tracking and all that. We're just guessing. Yeah, we are. Uh, but all that said, even if it is whether it is or is not the same bill, you can pretty much guarantee the food regulation bill is going to pass too. And there's no reason why it wouldn't pass, because as you said, Mark, the uh, in this case the tobacco bill, you said you'd heard the uh, the big tobacco companies are lobbying for it. So you yes. can better believe that Monsanto Philip, and Philip Morris, and that Philip Morris is, what, is also a big food manufacturer. Maybe you can better believe that all they are uh, they own Kraft. Uh, or no, that's R.J. Reynolds. Anyway, one of the cigarette companies is a major food manufacturer. And so you can better believe that these big food manufacturers want to push for the food regulations as well, because they can afford, see, the big companies can afford to hire whatever new lawyers they need to hire in order to become compliant with the regulations. But the little guys that might be just kind of barely making ends meet or, or just paying the employees and getting the bills paid at the end of the month, they may have they may be put out of business by the additional regulations that the whatever the feds decide to, to, to put on them. Uh, the, the burden that, that, that's difficult for them. So let me get to uh, some of the details here, because this is this bill is going to be the most sweeping tobacco control measure ever passed by Congress. So look at the history of all of the control <laughs> measures that they put on the tobacco, all of the regulations. You can't advertise in, uh, in on billboards, and you can't advertise on the radio, and you can't advertise on television, and there's all kinds of you know mandatory warnings and things like that that are attached to this business. Uh, there, there's regulations within states as far as who can grow it and who can't, and there's just so much. And the taxes, of course, are nuts. And as we just reported a few weeks back, the taxes have, what, doubled or something like that, if not more than that, on cigarettes and cigars? Cigars, and, they, they, they think like four times as much as they previously were or something like that. Rolling tobacco? Uh, immediately, tobacco manufacturers can no longer make claims that their products pose, pose fewer health risks. They'll be banning light, low-tar, and mild uh, cigarettes. Within three months of the passing of this bill... Candy and fruit-flavored cigarettes will be banned. Now, the way I read that, I'm confused. Do they have candy-flavored cigarettes, or do they mean that candy and fruit-flavored cigarettes are banned, meaning candy cigarettes? To me, what I Um, think it to say is both. I don't think... Do they still have candy cigarettes? They're hard to find, but if you go to, like, a novelty candy store, you can find them. Oh, okay. I, you know, I mean, that's absolutely. And uh, apparently, kid, you have to go to Mexico now and go. When I was a kid, <laughs> we would have candy cigarettes. I mean, you know, it, it, it wasn't that big of a deal, but uh, you know, I guess it is now. And you know, they they would assume that that means that kids are going to smoke. I don't know. This is only just I've only just begun the list, but I want to go to George, who's on the line in uh, Louisiana, listening to KBYO. George, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, evening, y'all. Hey, hey, George, what's on your mind tonight? Um. Uh, I've been trying to remember what you folks remind me of. I mean, I'm trying to remember where y'all's roots come from, but I I figured it out tonight. What's that? Okay, you remember, well, y'all won't remember because you wasn't even born back in probably, but there was a Vietnam conflict at one time, Mm -hmm. and there was a bunch of folks that wanted to run their mouth and talk about how everything was wrong and they're going to change this and change that. Yippies. Yeah, well, yeah, yippies, but but uh, all, all people like y'all did was run from the draft and, and, and make protests. 
That's all What's wrong with running from the draft? All you're doing now is running y'all's mouth. That's all so, y'all doing. Well, that's you, all we're I doing? take it you support. All you're you su- doing is running your mouth. You support a, You support. You support slavery. Yeah, all I'm doing is running my mouth. I'm trying to ask you a question, and you're just running your mouth. Change a damn thing, nothing. So you support nothing. slavery through the draft? George, I'm from Ruston, Louisiana, and I think y'all are a bunch of piece of shit. No, oh, we can't oh, let you get away you. with that, George. Goodbye, sir. Click, you've been dumped. I wanted to ask him if he supported slavery through the draft, but That's he wouldn't let me get a word in edgewise because no. he was running his mouth. Well, you know, he, didn't want he to, just kept running his mouth and running his mouth, and I was yeah. trying to ask him a question. He didn't want to have a conversation. No. He did not want to uh, be you know, uh, challenged on any points. He wanted wasn't to, that the same guy that called last night to tell us how much he liked the show? It was, wasn't his know. name George? I don't know. It was more than one George in Ruston. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, are we doing nothing? We picked up our lives and moved, all of us. I, I think it's great the timing is right after we had two people go to jail standing up for their principles. Yeah. And someone called in and said, you know, everyone likes to he- he- uh, make heroes out of war, uh, uh, out of our out of um, our military and mm-hmm. things like that. But you guys are really, sta- you know, standing up for my for my liberties. You know, supposedly the military is protecting our liberties. And he was calling bunk on that. And I call bunk on that. And I think Andrew and Sam, they are truly doing something to protect people's liberties. You know, and I think that the anti-war movement in uh, the, the early 70s, you know, before that, but in, in the early 70s, did have an effect. For one, the draft disappeared. You know, mandatory conscription of individuals into but the military. But it had an effect that slavery. he didn't like. Well, it doesn't matter whether that's he why he it. was. I know, it's but that's... antithetical <laughs> to freedom. And that's why he didn't want to uh, joust on, uh, on certain issues, because, you know, he wasn't, wasn't going to do that well on them. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think that, uh, you know, he he did make the point that uh, you, you said that we weren't he, we weren't doing anything. And I think what he, the point he was trying to make is you're not going to achieve anything. And at this point, we have to kind of wait and see. No, he There's said been... we weren't doing anything but running our mouths. All right. Which well, is our job. I mean, we do. Uh, that's right, we what are we do. Host, uh, but but I think we if you compare free talk live to the other talk right. show hosts in the industry. And our involvements in what we believe. You'll find that we do far more than just running our mouths. We uh, picked up our lives and moved for freedom and are, are active here in New Hampshire in a variety of different ways. More on the way. What are you doing, George? Call and talk radio shows? Free talk live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. And that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining in tonight, it's Ian here. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features free. You like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things that you can do, and most of them are completely free or very, very low cost to help get Free Talk Live and our message of uh, freedom into as many people's ears around the country and around the world as possible. So go to promote.freetalklive.com. And I was uh, looking back at my, my call logs from last night just to check. And, yeah, we did have a George call in listening to KBYO last night. He was very, very – he was praising us last with a, night. With a distinctive uh, Louisiana-type accent. I'm sure there are more than one person oh, with yeah, a Louisiana sure, sure. accent down there with in Monroe. A, with the name George. 
or uh, Rustin, I believe is where he said he was from, but listening to uh, to KBYO down there. Maybe you know, maybe he's just had a few too many to drink tonight and heard something he well, disagreed you, with. I don't know. The libertarians appeal to almost everyone on some issue or another, and, and you're offend probably the talking. crap out of some almost yeah. everyone yeah. on some issue or another. And yeah, you were talking about an issue probably that he agreed with. Probably true. If you've listened to the show long enough, eventually we'll say something that will uh, likely light a fire. You know, there will be a fire lit in you somewhere. Uh, as a result of something that we say. 1-800-259-9231 is the number. Let's continue. Speaking of lighting fires, uh, cigarettes. The legislation has been passed. It is awaiting the signature of one uh, President Obama that will be the most sweeping tobacco control measure ever passed by Congress, giving the Food and Drug Administration the authority to regulate tobacco products. They will be uh, no longer allowed to make claims. Their product, products pose fewer health risks. Within three months of the legislation passing, candy and fruit-flavored cigarettes will be banned. The FDA can also extend that ban to cigars and moist snuff, where such flavorings are more common. So I don't know if that means they'll ban all cigars, but any flavored cigars, maybe a, a flavored cigar wrappers. There's lots of those out there. Uh, you know, the, the smell of like that winter green smell, really pungent, still makes me nauseous because it reminds me of chewing tobacco in the Navy. I have never chewed tobacco, so I'm glad I can't relate because I've seen people <laughs> chew tobacco and it's disgusting. Yeah, uh, and and there was like a there was some kind of wintergreen flavor that was very popular with my buddies who did chew, and so I associated uh, that with chewing tobacco, and and so, it still uh, to this day makes me nauseous. So a stick of gum, you will not be able to even come uh, close to it. It, it. it depends on what it is. Um, yeah, I've chewed but, Red Man and enjoyed the experience. What can I tell you? I have no interest in it uh remember the when i was start, when i started at the my, my first radio station the guy i was working with he would carry around a coke bottle and he oh, would say that too oh. he would chew on tobacco and then when he had the refuse the, the spit or whatever mm-hmm. they, i don't know if there's a, there's probably a slang term for it or something but uh he would just open up his little bottle and Right into the bottle, and he's just carrying this thing around with him. It was the yeah. nastiest. <laughs> At least get looking. a bottle that's opaque. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, and and you know the bottle, this a small mouth bottle is is not that great. I mean, you want you want something with a larger uh, bottle and opaque. I'm I'm for opaque. Uh, Spittoons are opaque for a reason. <laughs> within nine months, the FDA must publish marketing restrictions that will take effect six months later. Within 12 months, new warning label, uh, labels will be placed on smokeless tobacco products. Within 15 months, tobacco companies must disclose the ingredients in their products. Within two years, the FDA must issue rules on graphic warnings for cigarettes that will cover half of the pack. Just like in Australia yeah. and many other countries, Canada. I don't know if Canada's got the graphic uh, labels. I couldn't see the damn cigarettes when I was there, uh, when I was in the convenience store in Canada. Because <laughs> they don't want you to even looking at the display. Right. You cannot actually, the, the display is just empty. And they have a book that if you want to look at cigarettes, you have to ask for the book. They give you a book, like a three-ring binder, and you flip through and you say, I want that. And then the clerk has to go and unlock some sort of uh, cabinet to get the cigarettes finally bring it out, and then you get to buy them. It's time for a gray market in tobacco. Well, that already exists in some places, places Uh, like New York City, where the taxes are so high, it actually is becoming worthwhile for the mafia to start dealing in in cigarettes or the gangs to start dealing in cigarettes. And you're going to start to see that here. You're going to start to see more of that. The taxes have gone up, and as uh, the regulations get more restrictive, people are just going to go find their cigarettes in easier-to-buy locations. Uh, According to the story here... 
Uh, the, the, this claims that R.J. Reynolds opposed the legislation, uh, which major health groups supported. So, Mark, you said you heard that the cigarette companies were in favor of this. Maybe some of them were. Uh, they're That's claiming what NPR they were, said. They were claiming they were, uh, at least R.J. Reynolds, uh, opposed to it. They say that companies may need to use different packaging colors so smokers can find... I said Philip Morris, did I not? I did. I don't know. Philip, Philip Morris is not opposed to it. Okay. Payne said companies may need to use different packaging colors so smokers can find cigarettes with less tar. He says most you know, currently the, the, package um, them and, and in shades of green. I'm sorry but, um, to, to interrupt. I'd like to make the point that essentially the regulations on cigarettes and uh, the lawsuits and you know the, the government intervention in the cigarette industry has become so arduous that there are only two cigarette companies left. Really? That's it. There's, you know, R.J. Reynolds and Philip Morris. Who makes the American spirits? Well, those two? okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there's American spirits, but they're not carried everywhere. Yeah. And they, they really, they have a niche product. Uh, you know, you have to be interested in what mm-hmm. it is that they offer. And they offer sort of a, a natural tobacco as opposed to some kind of modified tobacco. Um, I, I don't know much about tobacco. It's my understanding that they modify the 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 plants in some way to make them more addictive, you know, and contain more nicotine, hmm. um, and that American Spirit wouldn't be doing that, that likely they'd be using heritage brands of uh, of tobacco. And, and, you know, to me that would be more attractive, but I, I don't know. Payne says companies may have to use different packaging colors because they can't say low tar or some of the other things that they've been saying. So they'll just. But if it has less tar, it has less tar, right? You see, the the the, the complaint here is that somehow people think less tar is uh, healthier. Healthier, but you know what is healthier? Less bad for you? I would think that less tar would be less bad. Well, research shows that absolutely no, there's absolutely no health benefit to smoking a light or low tar cigarette. Consumers smoke them differently, says one of the researchers. They inhale more deeply and smoke them further down. Hmm. So it's maybe it is less tar, but that just essentially is a pass to the smoker to well smoke one more. If uh, if it's if it's better for you, then you can smoke more and have the same same deleterious effect. Well, I would think that uh, people that that kind of smoke for fun, though, um, that there's a lot of people out there that do that, mm-hmm. that smoke for uh, smoke while well, they drink. Social smokers. Yeah, social smokers. And I, I found when I did that at one time, I did do that. I'd buy the ultra, uh, you know, ultra low tar Marlboros or whatever I'd get, and you know, I, I'd smoke those. And I feel that, yeah, I mean, heck yeah, I was, uh, I wasn't getting as much tar as I was getting out of a regular thing of Mar, a regular pack of Marlboros. They're just hurting people with this legislation. They're hurting people? Uh, that much we can yes. agree on. The people running the companies, they're hurting. But when people you say smoking. Well, I think, I think almost, there's undoubtedly, uh, I think some people are going to be hurting from, from this. I mean, if nothing else, economically, you know. Well, the economic factor is definitely uh, going to be a factor because a lot of people that smoke are not of the uh, the greatest means in life. They don't have a whole lot of money uh, necessarily, many of them living paycheck to paycheck. As the federal government has increased the cost of those products, it means they're going to have less money to put food on the table for their kids. And, you know, sure, they should quit. They'll have more money if they quit, and maybe some people will, but it's not justification. The fact that some people might quit is not justification for aggressing against 
the innocent uh, people that are just trying to put out a product for people that, that want them. Cigarettes aren't going away. They can regulate all they want to regulate. They can add all the, the, the rules and the restrictions onto this business that they want to. The cigarettes are never going to go away. Even if they were banned outright, they wouldn't go away because the black market would then kick into, into high gear and you'd have uh, marijuana dealers selling uh, tobacco for in the to same people. Way, in the same way that uh, you, you currently – people want Cuban cigars. I and they swear, I can't tell the difference between, uh, you know, uh, some... But it's prohibited. Forbidden fruit. Right. It's They sexy. want them because they're, it's essentially a brand. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's well, a prohibited type of cigar. Like, Ian, you mentioned the gray market of, like, transporting cigarettes across state lines and mm-hmm. things like New York. But I, I'm actually curious if at, at some point it might become, you know, vi- econ- you know, economically more viable to do a gray market in, in literally like the raw, pot, raw product or in rolled, you know, the loose tobacco or, where Eventually, someone does yeah. it, totally grows it and keeps the whole process out of, out of the system. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if, you, if you've got a situation where the taxes are so high, I don't know what, the, I don't know what it takes to process tobacco. But clearly, the the black marketeers have got processing all kinds of chemicals down to a pretty pretty exact science. Uh, you know, they got the people that are harvesting the coca plants, and then they take them and they break them down and they turn them into whatever you know. They use the solvents on them, and they, there's a very lengthy process to get those products to market, and then they get marked up because it's not necessarily an easy process. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if if the prices are high enough, the black market will find a way to get those products into people's hands. And and the, the, the long and the short of it is, the fact is, I have the right to combust whatever vegetable material I want and inhale the smoke of that into my lungs. And, you know, President Obama and the rest of those cronies out there have decided now that a, a certain plant now is a drug, mm-hmm. as though a plant could be a drug. And that you know the food FDA should ha- should be able to uh, decide whether or not I can do that and how I can do it, and it should be between me and the cigarette company. See you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. Get on the ground, mother. You and your spouse are going to jail, and your kids are going to child protective services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. Possession of marijuana. Possession of marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I switched sides, and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, NeverGetBusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.